Hey, so let me know when you're ready, man. Oh, I'm good to go whenever, brother. All right. Sounds good. Um, let's get things started, man. Um, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast. I'm your host, Wolfson, and today we got a special guest in the building coming in from the big launch state of Texas, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And now is over here in South Florida conquering the scene little by little. Please say hello to Tets from Carbon Nation. What's good? <laughs> Hey, brother, another day. Glad to talk to you again, dude. Oh, so happy to talk to you, man. It's been, especially since it's been uh, quite some time since we had a uh, conversation, you know, since the first time we met, man. Facts, dude. Facts. That was wild, dude. I didn't even expect to stay down there talking to you that long in general. <laughs> hey, I wasn't even expected to stay that long. I was actually going to be there for a bit, stay for a chill, network if I can, you know, see his set, and then I'm bounced, you know? I didn't expect right. to stay that long, you know? Right. We turned that downstairs into some sort of like little philosophical journey. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, uh, great minds think alike, man. Facts, dude. Facts. Yeah. We just kept, like, kept going. Absolutely, man. And I feel like this is going to be a, another one of those conversations that we're going to have here in the podcast, man. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. Looking forward to that. Absolutely. So first things first, man. Uh, before we get started, man. How are you, man? How are you doing? Dude, great, dude. Just uh, just got done moving this week and uh, oh. just done all, got a new roommate. Okay. Totally and uh, I've just been getting adjusted, getting all new all new stuff in the house this week. All right. So, so how are you liking so far here in South Florida, man? Brother, dude, I went from the middle of Texas down to a little bit further, uh, further warmth. And uh, so this little last week of coolness kind of shook me. But uh, now that it's warming back up, dude, I'm loving it. Back, back to the way it should be. Really? You don't like the cold stuff? The cold front? Absolutely not, dude. Absolutely, <laughs> no, no, not at all. This hair kept me a little bit warm, but no, no, no. Hot all day. Uh, but I thought I you get cold over there in Tets. Yeah, it gets icy, dude. That's why I moved further south. And then when those things get to the 60s, I'm like, what are you doing? This isn't why I moved here. <laughs> I mean, it's funny you say, because like I'm kind of the opposite. Like I welcome cold because i lived my whole life in an island and then moved to miami is like there's not that much difference you know only here in miami you can feel the seasons that's what i like it's like yeah i can feel something you know back home in puerto rico is it's either <laughs> fall or summer or year long yeah facts like there's, there's no difference in there so it's like i'm always hot there's there's no way i can have an excuse to say oh today i'm wearing my cool sweater Listen, I, 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 that's the first time I've heard somebody say that Miami has seasons. So, listen, I think we're making some progress. <laughs> I mean, uh, what sort of progress are we making? Are we making like you know ozone layer progress, or are we making you know? <laughs> we're cutting through it deeply. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, I like the I like the seasons, but the fact that we're having cold fronts here down south is. Eh, it's a little bit intimidating at times. I don't think about it. I really do. I just welcome it. But if you look at it, the grand scheme of things, you'll be like, this doesn't tell you that we have global warming. Nothing will. Yeah. I mean, the massive flooding and brickle where we work and live and stuff is also clear and evident symbols or signs of that. Yeah. It, I mean, I've heard I've heard stories about Miami that, you know, like if Miami keeps going the way it's going by continuing to build more buildings and stuff around the coastal areas, like it's 
from here to 10 to 15 to 20 years, it's a possibility that will just drown. Yeah. I mean, I, we, I see it. Uh, I see it when it floods at work. It's literally like you're, you're watching water come out of the, the, uh, the drain that you're supposed to want to go down. And you're like, oh, God, what do we even do now? And then you have to come up with all the towels. It's wild, dude. It is wild what I've had to, what I've seen in restaurants and bars in this city, dude. Walking through water like this just to like sweep it Damn. towards another. You're only walking in water like that. I wish I could say that I'm surprised, but I really ain't. I I am surprised, prop maybe here in Miami, but I'm not surprised at all because I've I've experienced some of that in the island. You know, like you when you get into hurricane season, you know, like you experience some of that flooding. You know, and there's like a huge section. I remember around my block that there's a little area where there's like a like a gas station and then there's like a bunch of other you know little bars here there next to each other and then underneath next to the gas station th there's a river would you imagine the river is like i'm telling you i'm telling you if i have to visually remember it the river the level of the river with the street it's like at least 12 feet like it's like okay. like this when it becomes a lot of ready heavy heavy rainy day that's wild that's wild 12 feet that's wild 12 feet 12 say. 12 feet above about above the normal because that's 12 it, that's 12 feet of difference so they make it so the rain makes up the 12 feet and then sun so it's like a, at least a good 14 feet of water versus that you know jeez i could no 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 hell no Bro, you oh, literally God. see all the cars going underneath the water and then popping out. <laughs> 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 they're not they're not supposed to do that, but you know, people are just wild and says like ah, fuck it. It's gonna be fine. It's not nothing's gonna happen. And then you're stuck underneath water, you're like bloop bloop. You're okay. Oh no. Yeah, you can't do that with a Lamborghini out here. No. It will actually come dry. Oh no, no, Puerto Rico, you cannot have any nice cars, any luxury cars. You can't have it because Puerto Rico is like the capital world of plot holes. Oh shit. Yeah, no. And fixing those plot holes is a bitch because they always overflow it. And when they overflow it, it breaks down again. So now they got to fix it again. No, no, no. It's it's horrible. The infrastructure in Puerto Rico is shit. We're not that far along in the uh, the U.S. for that too. The way they're moving with all this nowadays. I mean, bill is looking horrible. I mean, I I don't know. I haven't seen that many plot holes in in South Florida. Probably in the back rows of all these uh, rural areas. But you never seen one of the sinkholes, one of the famous Florida sinkholes. Yeah, I haven't got near them because of that reason <laughs> yeah they're 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 notorious out here jesus. i found out this just where just the, the mud all of a sudden just gone jesus and i've only seen videos of it i have never experienced one or I've never heard one near my nearby me at least in my experience but it's like i've seen it and it's just like what the fuck is this where is this going yeah well that's what we get for building land on porous Porous soil. That's another good thing about Miami. Is we're built on pores. I never like, understood that. Like it, it's, yeah. it's like, like, like I get, I get that we want to be next to the beach, but shit, bro. Yeah, I mean, listen, Disney did it first, right? In Orlando made made Disney out of swamp. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, dude, Disney's raised up. I think something. Uh, it's 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 another. 
interesting like uh anomaly of like uh, where a park should be built it's the, on yeah it's, it's raised out of a swamp well, that kind of explains why there's so many lakes around that, air, that area disney area yeah yeah it's 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 wild dude that's that's very interesting well I, I I always wonder how they managed to build their subterranean uh, levels. Yeah, I, I think I was just stoned one day and I was just in a, in a YouTube rabbit hole thing watching right. and I watched something about that. It's just uh, how they had to raise it and they were able to go ahead and go underneath it. But yeah, it was all because of the uh, of the, the, the land is built on. So, yeah. So we basically, if there's water, let's build on it. Ah, it's going to be fine. Nothing's going to happen. Why not? There's money to be made. Let's make it. <laughs> exactly. I think what they're saying. I, I, I don't know. They're making their money. Uh, yeah, they're making money. And look what, what some of the some of these makes these huge mistakes. I mean, look what happened to the building in, in Sunny Isles. Boy, that, that's, that, they're talking about that also being the case in a couple of the buildings around here, too, with uh, Opera Tower uh, down oh, here. My no Paramount World yeah, yeah, it's they have little Instagram accounts set up of uh, all the just horrible shit that happens in them. Jesus, dude! Like that one didn't hit home, but it it it, it was it, my dad's friend or client was was involved with it in the sense that he lost his daughter and fiance from that from the Sunny Isles thing. Yeah, jeez, that's awful. She was staying over their grandparents um apartment that they have right there and she was she was sleeping at a 3 a.m and boop the clots went down whoa i did not even know anybody that close to it i know that's where my brother no my brother-in-law and no, no, my uh my aunt and uncle have a summer home across the street from it yeah that's wow no, that, yeah Awful. they they found the body later you know because that, that because that, that that was a fin it was mia like we didn't know whether she was around there when she not she, she was not being responsive i mean it was days later like you and stuck in the rubble for days you're not gonna survive like no water no food like and god knows if you're bleeding god knows yeah. if you're having internal bleeding as well that a lot of factors can, can contribute and you know you ain't gonna survive that long you know yeah i wonder how many more places are like that that's what's scary to me that's why i've that's why I always say, like, I do not want to stay close to the beach when it comes to living in the beach. Like, I don't want to be right there because you never know what happens. You know, like that was an un an unexpected phenomenon that happened. But if you look at the history, you can tell it was with poor maintenance and and it was ready to go any given time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it starts when people like start making uh, when it's well known in the community and it's well known yeah. around everybody. You've got to give it some sort of merit. Yeah. That's one of the reasons. The other reason it's because of what I mentioned you early, the flooding, like in a few years, if we don't take care of this, the whole thing's just going to go underneath water. And obviously you're close to the tsunami range. So I see that that's, that's a contributing factor. Although I will say I do not, um, I am not scared of tsunamis happening in the East coast as much. I cannot rule it out, but the reason why I, I say that it's because um uh there there's like a powerful there's like a tectonic reef if you push more east of the Atlantic Ocean and any earthquakes that happen through there that causes a tsunami, the reefs itself will stop the 
it's not the pressure the the current it was it'll, or it'll either stop the current or or slow down the current enough that the wave itself starts to calm down a little bit and then once it reaches a shore it'll it'll be a tsunami warning but it won't be like devastating like japan devastation you know that will swat sweep the whole thing it'll probably like you know six feet and flooding around and then it'll just go back to normal but it's not gonna be a a side sweep you know like the others that's happened that's that's actually pretty dope i was um i wonder if that's the tectonic plate there's like i don't know if there's one or if there's like there was an area around east of the atlantic that i was listening to on uh rogan's podcast the other day he had on a guy named uh, randall carlson who is the guy that's theorized of this thing called the younger dryas theory uh okay. or younger younger dryas impact theory and that's what was the uh, fourth extinction event uh, that that killed off humans. Anyways, blah blah blah. At the top of these little tectonic plate intersections, yeah, there is the best evidence for Atlantis being right there. Oh, it's, yeah, it was, it was a wild podcast dude, to think about. Like that's really where like they could have really had this like city that wow that Plato was talking about. I- do you believe that actually Atlantis ever existed? 100%. 100%. Do you now, now, following with that, do you believe that it was in the Atlantic Ocean and it wasn't somewhere else? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now that now that I listened to that podcast, what they were talking about. Yeah. There's a lot more evidence now that they, that it was over there. Yeah. It, was, it would have been by Newfoundland. That's very interesting. Because, I, like, I, I've always been very curious of, of Atlantis itself and wonder where this lost civilization ever came down, you know? And I always knew Atlantis was always like around hidden underneath water in the Atlantic Ocean, you know, in in between the Triangle and Bermuda, you know? Heard. Okay. But for some reason, I don't know why, like, for a reason, I cannot remember where I heard it. I just know I remember I heard it that they, they say that there may be evidence as, as that suggested that Atlantis may not just be in the Atlantic in the Atlantic Ocean, maybe also in in the Mediterranean Sea up in Europe and between Egypt and and Europe. Which some of them make sense due to the fact that if you see some of the old uh, lost civilization of Atlantis and you see some of their artifacts and their statues and their and their shapes of their or the infrastructures of their place, it's kind of similar to to those of the Aztecs, the Mayans, and the Egyptians, you know, the Egyptians with the pyramids and shit. So it's like kind of wild to think about that, but it's like, huh, it kind of makes sense why it looks very like that, you know? All right. I mean, also that was, um, there was, they say that it, it, it was sunken in. So this yeah. thing would have been above water too. So it's like, it was a real place, I think. Well, I'm, I'm, I know... I have no uh, knowledge to discredit it. I guess the more they're finding yeah, right. out things, I, f- I I hope they find more stuff. In fact, I hope they find excuse me, they find more like any any like theories or suggestions that that the lost civilization was even really humans. Yeah, I mean exactly. They they could have been uh, uh, a whole different species. I know that. Um, Graham Hancock, or not? I'm sorry, Graham. Uh, it's, it's Graham Hancock, I think, is the guy that wrote Fingerprints of the Gods. But um, 
we could be the fifth existence of beings on this earth. And the last thing that wiped out the other, uh, the others was um, basically like lightning, but like monsoons. And instead of rain, it was lightning. Think about that going all over the entire earth. Like what? Think about running like all of a sudden there's new lightning instead of rain. Jesus, that's like fucking apocalypse level type shit. Yeah, dude. Think of it. That's what they say drove everybody into caves. And then why we have the cave drawings. And then why we also don't have all this information of all the technology that made the pyramids. Because apparently to this day, we don't have the technology to completely recreate the pyramids at all. No. And that's wild to me. The fact that we have technology advanced enough that we can build buildings, but we can never build a pyramid the way they used to build it back in the days. Yeah, that's it blows my mind. And I, I don't even know how they managed to pull it even for this long. Like we're talking about centuries, millennia, and these pyramids yeah. are still standing strong. Yeah, and they're perfectly aligned. What blows my mind too is that they are entirely, what is it? Um, the, the, the ratios of the size perfectly align with the uh, constellation Orion and the size oh. of the pyramids are in perfectly uh I forget the word. It starts with a P. Um, to the brightness of the stars in the, the the constellation, so that's why there's varying size. But ratio-wise, they're completely perfect in matching those uh, constellation and brightness. See, when I'm here, shit like that, I always believe that nah, bro. That there's no fucking way that we had to do it by ourselves and build this shit. Like nah, we had to have help. We had. Exactly. We had to have but like. Look at today's world, how stupid people really is. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. Imagine back then. People were definitely more idiots back then. But you, there's no chance in hell that someone of that caliber will be s- s- smart enough or even strong enough to even build such things. You know, like some I I to this day, I still feel like now nah, we had to have help from somewhere. I don't know from where. I'm I'm drawing possible conclusions. It could be from outer space. It could be from even from here. You know the be- the yeah. civilization that was before us. Like, who knows? I don't fucking know. Exactly. I just, just I want to see more of it. Yeah, I want to see more of it. I just know that there's no f- chance in hell that us humans, the way we are right now, because things kind of dumber down every year. I don't know. There's, right. There's no chance in hell that we managed to like build such perfection when it comes to these pyramids on any of these civilizations. There's like no way that we we had to have help in some way or shape. Yeah, but you find them across the world, so it's like it's and it's always ancient civilization type stuff. So my thing is like it just had to be here before our human kind of ancestors even got here, and that just shows a lot about how much withstood time because our buildings today aren't going to withstand shit. Yeah, no, that's that's or nah, and and it's funny because like those those type of buildings itself can withstand storms, like Mother Nature itself, they can withstand those, like it was nothing. Yeah, and then today's world, barely any any building can withstand Mother Nature's wrath. You know, it's just yeah, it's 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 a wild thing to fucking think about. So that's also that's also where like. They, they talk about this term coincidentia appositorum and they say that that's like some sort of universal sign of uh, like a universal religion. I'm sorry. Mm. And they say that 
Gothic cathedrals in Europe are evidence of that. So like you got that big center door mm. and then you got those two doors on the outside of it that are even. And they say that like, once you understand the perfect dualities of this universe, that's when your third eye is awakened. And then it's like, well, okay, so that's been around since forever. So like, what if, uh, I don't know, what if, I don't know, did, was there religions before in other civilizations? Like, was there, it's trippy to me to think about like, that kind of thing. It's kind of, I don't, I really don't know. I, I, there probably is. I'm pretty sure because if you, if you go back in, in history and you look at a certain top, certain times in history, you can see that each civilization had their own warships, you know? Like if you look at the Roman, like the Greeks, Greeks had the, have how many gods? Right. They had, a lot of gods, the god of war, the god of thunder, the god of water, like like they had gods all around. There's like twenty fucking gods, and then you got the um, the 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 Roman Catholics, you know, you know Jesus Christ and shit. I mean, you got the Judaism, you got the Jewish people on Hebrew and the Kabbalah shit. Then you got um the Vikings that they worship um Norse mythology. That's right, 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 that's right. another range of gods as well. Then you got the Aztecs, the Mayans, believing in in their their weird gods that they they need ritual sacrifice all the time. They also need they Asian, the Asian community they have their own gods as well and their own spirits and shit. Buddhism, you know. Like, so I do believe that a lot of people have have been having this many re religious beliefs in in those times. It's just I don't know. It's just uh, there's no evidence to them, right? It's only like man. It, the pure, the only evidence that has been suggested is that man had to do this to that because they believe that this is the reason. Maybe it wasn't gods. Maybe it's just a coincidence, a natural coincidence that things happen, and that's why things actually work out. I don't it know. could be. I uh, I was told the other day by one of my roommates about how, like, um. One of my homeboys, my, like my best friend, had just made a song and it was right. He made it a couple of weeks before the latest Justin Bieber's track uh, dropped. Yeah. And they sound eerily similar. Um, and it's like, it's trippy because we made the joke that like Justin Bieber stole my boy's song. But then what my roommate was telling me is that when people get into this like creative flow state, like, it's you tapping into this like stream of ideas when you're on certain frequencies and stuff. And then that's why certain songs and that's why certain things sound a lot are similar and might look similar is because when people are tapping into this like universal yeah. kind of flow, you're all going to catch those same sort of vibes. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting way to look at it. You know what's funny about that? Because my, my former business manager uh, has taught me something similar to that because there were times in which I had these sick ideas when it comes to making music. It's like, oh, I, this is how I want it. Then before you know it, someone else completely different from my circle on the other side of the world release a song. And it's like, holy shit, I had this same idea a few months ago. I haven't talked to anybody. I know I had this idea. And I tell him, it's like, dude, I had the idea to make this song like this, this and that. And, he, and he's like, well, you missed the ball. But it's like, dude, isn't this wild? The fact that I, I have I have no zero connection to this person. And somehow he made 
he made that and I know I had the idea. I was ready to do it. And he's like, here's the thing. Everybody's going to have the same ideas. It only matters who's going to go to the finish line first with it. True. Very true. Very, very, very true. If you're going to, ex- if you have an idea, execute it because somewhere in the world, somebody may have that same idea as well. And that's yeah. what happened. And I was, I was just like, wild with that thought is like, whoa, I could be, I could be one in a million in the world and there could be someone else thinking the same way and thought process like I am. That's crazy. Yeah. Completely different backgrounds. And for some reason, there's a way that that person and I can actually have that same wavelength. That's, I mean, that just goes to speak to the connection of all humans. It's why we, uh, I think that the, the way that we're all trying to be divided and stuff is just kind of foolish because it's always through collection. So like collective that we, we do yeah. better. And so all this dividedness on different religions and different spiritualities and stuff always baffles me because they all have the exact, like we said, the exact same uh, evidence of existence as they do non-existence. So for me, I used to have an atheist time in my life and mm-hmm. um, it's because I went to Catholic school and I would uh. been raised in different religion, like different, but it's it's all the same and yeah. uh i started thinking why not just say thanks to all the gods instead of thanks to none of the gods since it's got to have happened at some point for all these people to say that they're out there i'm not going to say that they're not i agree with you um i've i've never i was never an atheist in my life i was i was saying well i was raising catholic as well um they beat me to it but and I think it was around college in which I really stopped going to church overall because I I explained my parents like you want me to get a degree right you want me to do this this like yes then you have to let me go not go on a Sundays to church I have to go Sundays to college to go to the library and study and do these words assignments and whatnot because it's the only way for me to progress. And from there, little by little, I literally stopped overall and just like never looked back. And then uh, the more time I spent in college, the more ideal, the, the appeal uh, appealed me the fact that like you don't have to go to church just to prove your innocence. You just practice being a good person. And that's it. Like yeah. if you believe in God, God will, you know, you know, we'll see it. Like if we all do believe our own gods. If we believe our own gods and you practice being good and you are a good person, what is the reason for you to prove your innocence in by going to church? Right. I mean, if I practice good every day, he knows it, right? We were taught, we were taught that he sees everything you do. And if you do something wrong, ask for forgiveness, right? Right. Okay. So wh- how can, why can I just do that in, right here in my bed? Why can't right. I just pray right here? Why do I have to pray over there? Yep. I, I mean, that's all because of money. Yeah. Money. Yeah. Money back in the day, they charge everybody to forgive their sins back in the day. <laughs> that was before anybody could read. Yeah. That's, I feel you there. I feel you there. I, uh, um, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. It's, it, I, that's why I became a little bit much more open with r- religion. And, and in fact, I, I became much more intrigued with other people's religion, I just want to see their perspective of what they believe in God, in, in their own gods, you know? That's why I, I I was so, like, 
intrigued when learning these Greek mythologies, these Norse mythologies, these Kabbalahs and Judaism and other stuff. Like I, I was just intrigued to, to the fact like what made you believe that this this person or this God that you worship so much was real and gave miracles? Like what what events led you to it? It was just very intriguing for me to other people's learning. And then after that, I just became much more, I don't know, spiritual, I guess. Like I like I do like I I decided myself that sure I was I was raised by Catholics. So I, I have that mind that yeah, I sure I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. You know, you may do I believe that he's the only God? No. I believe there's probably right. something bigger than that. I believe I believe more in the universe, the Alpha yeah. and Omega. I that I that's what I believe. I always say, instead of saying, instead of saying it's like, oh shit, you know, God's gonna get you one of these days. Like, no, no, no. The universe has an answer for everything, man. The universe yeah. is gonna do something for you. Karma is gonna get you, you know, it everything, mm-hmm. there's a cause and a reaction, you know. Even energy-wise, energy-wise, there's always gonna be something about it. And I always believe that, you know, the universe has has already a plan for you, you know, like you just had to wait. It's gonna give it to you, you know. You just have to wait and keep keep fighting hard, but the universe will answer for you. It does, it does. But if you do, it, I think you, I think you have to be doing something. I have to, yeah, to yeah. No, of course. Like, it's like I'm not saying it in a sense. It's like, no, just don't do nothing and wait until something will hit you. Because, like, yeah, no, it doesn't work like that. You have to seek for it. You have to work for it. You know that it's the only way for shit to even move forward. You know. Agreed. And that's, I think that that's too many people in our generation are just waiting for something to happen, waiting for a miracle to happen, waiting for this oh, or that, man. the other. They're waiting for somebody, they're waiting for that person to find them. And they're like, you don't get what you want by waiting. You get it by doing. And it's going to be a lot of failure and it's going to be a lot of like trial yeah. and error, but you have to do. Yeah, because in this life, like, ain't nobody's going to do anything for you, man, unless you actually do it. You know, it doesn't work like that, you know? And if it does work, it's only for a short period of time and you're going to fall even harder because due to the fact that you never learned anything to begin with. You just, you you only learn that, oh, yeah, people did it for me. And did you even learn that? Chances are you start expecting that. And that's, and that's something that I see a lot in this in this industry that you and me work, you know, like in the music industry, at least I, I see, I see it in this weird shift era that we're experiencing right now, because we're right now in an era in which everything is accessible. Like I can have anything like, like, so it's funny because I was talking to this to one of my previous uh, interviewers, um, was semi dub shout out to him. Uh, we were talking about something similar to this. It's like, you know, it's funny that in today's world, all you need is a hundred bucks and you can make a song because, because what you need? A laptop? You need a, the, the DAW, the DAW? Check. A few plugins? Check. You just start scrambling to stuff, get a few samples and boom, you got a song. It's much more easy versus a decade ago or more Everything had to go- be in the studio. Everything has to be recorded in the studio. Everything has to be, you know, tape, CDs, you know, we- like you had to do a lot of work just to record some of the stuff. And then it costs you money recording some of the stuff because 
having a, a few takes until you get the right thing right, that costs time and money. Now it's just, I just pick up my laptop and I can make something. That it's that easy. Facts. I, I was listening to. I got to go. Um, I got to go shoot uh, for an artist the other day at uh, a guy named. I think his name's Roger Sanchez. Oh yeah, studio. I heard um, him. He's uh, yeah. I didn't realize I, I had stepped into into royalty essentially. Um, with the artist uh, A Track. Ooh. So yeah, it was my first celebrity hire. He. It was like last week, week before. That's what's up. Yeah, it's it was dope, dude. I got to listen to them. They were talking about some sort of they. They asked me to come record um, a track and them talking about this mixer that was like from the nineties, mm. and it was like this drum mixer thing that had like ten megabyte memory storage. And you're like, what? what? Yeah, it, it was wild to hear them geeking out about all the tech, but like. It was it was dope because they just they nerded out over this whole uh, this whole machine that back in the day was like uh, it was ahead of its time. But now you look at it now and you're looking at these floppy disks that had maximum three megabytes of memory on it. You're like, Jesus. what? I remember the floppy disks. Yeah, like megabytes. We're talking no more than ten. You'd be lucky if you had a ten megabyte floppy disk, dude. I, I look at this. I I listen to this. That kind of talk. And I'm like. My photos today uh, are 24 megabyte pictures. Like their pictures are 24 megabytes. It's like, think about, and some of them 80. And you're just like, songs can only be three? That's crazy. But also I hear that audio is a lot more, it's a lot smaller than than pictures, but still. Nah, I, pictures was always smaller than audio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you compare pictures with a, uh, with a regular phone, yeah, it's always gonna be it's always gonna be like a few megabytes. Like it doesn't pass no more than five, depending on the quality. If you have it from your from your phone, now if you got it like a like a fucking professional camera, like a Canon, Sony, or Nikon or some shit, the highest I've seen on a picture with great quality and shit was probably like I don't know, like twenty megabytes. It's not that big, you know. Yeah, now Sony's or Sony's are getting up to eighty. Jesus, that's wild. A photo. Nah, bro, like a song itself, if you get the actual original print now today, the original wave, yeah, it's it's 80 megabytes, depending on the length of the song. And in that, and we're talking about a regular song for three minutes or four or something like that. And it's 80 megabytes or something. Depending, depending. And and then when you convert it into MP3. That compresses us a lot. It will downgrade it into like a 10 megabyte, a 8 megabyte, 5 megabyte, depending on it, you know? Okay. Yeah, no, like when it comes to picture quality and on sizes, yeah, pictures were no matter how good or bad they are, they're always going to be way lower than audio. Audio has so much frequencies passing by that it it it, it needs to generate that much of, uh, of megabytes. For it to be fulfilling and completed all together. Pictures is, you can say, when it, when it comes to frequencies, you can say pictures take one shot of frequency. Because okay. it's basically, so you, you're shooting one shot of the frequency. The frequency is moving. But when you take the picture, you freeze it. And that's right. the one frequency that you took. So you're not really grabbing a lot to it. It only becomes bigger. Um, 
when you start adding more stuff into it, just like any other thing. Like if you like if you take the the picture and then you start adding little graphics, like like clearing the the picture a little bit brighter, adding a little bit contrast, a little bit of coloring, removing some stuff. Yeah, it could be a little bigger, but thanks to, to not today's world, like in Photoshop, I see like, you know, a great picture compresses down to seven megabytes. Some some weird shit yeah. like that. Yeah, JPEGs definitely for sure. Yeah. So so wow, that's very interesting. Especially from two guys who are like literally old school. Yeah. Yeah, it was wild to hear. And then um they they were going over old old beats that um that uh Roger hadn't even touched since the nineties. What? And uh it was uh where went my ear? Um he I don't know if he's gonna give him the track to use or not for some new samples or something, but like yeah, it was it was wild, dude. It, it was wild to listen to those old school guys talk about that kind of stuff. Jesus that view would nice. Have you ever mentioned like how did they ever produce music back in the days? I I, I don't know. I just I, I know it's more analog back then. Yeah, I've got a boy making an entire. Um, he started with a six channel, I think. Um, it's a small little box. Oh, but, um, right. He's got, a, he's got an original Bluebird. Whoa! Yeah that that mic is power. That mic is money right there. Yeah, that's what he said. He said he found a vintage Bluebird and he had it in the box. It had all the, the foam still in there, and real taken care of. But uh, yeah, I'm learning about all this kind of stuff. So you, so you haven't had this much of experience when it comes to music shit and and photo shit. You you actually kind of, kind of like learned this on the like earth as a few years back. Yeah, probably maybe three years now. Three three and a half years. I've taught myself everything on YouTube. And uh, just YouTube stuff. Academy, yeah, dude. I mean, why not, dude? It's like, I got a goal, I got a goal. I just I started seeing all these kinds of uh, I was a waiter, dude. And um, I love being a waiter, I've been in this industry now, I'm 33, I've been doing this since I was 15. Mm. And uh, I just noticed that it was horrible pictures being made uh, onto social media mm. for representation of the restaurant. And I'm like, this does nothing. I would not go to this place if I saw this online. Right. There's nothing about it that drives me or my interest. And it was just about like tits and ass and just like fakeness all around. And I was like, right. you know what? I'm going to change the way this is done because this is this is annoying. There's no, no marketing company is listening to anybody's or they're not thinking about if the busser is going to make more money on the content. And they should be because, you know, if a busser is making more money than that, it's because there's more foot traffic coming into the restaurant or the bar. And that's probably because of the marketing. Yeah. And so I was like, let me just refocus. So I've just been trying to figure out the best ways to do things, mm-hmm. uh, to compete and, uh, just showcase a new way of, um, uh, being proud of your restaurant and by focusing on employees. Is that, is that what actually prompted you to, to actually do these type of stuff? Yeah, yeah. The the goal was um, I was sitting. Uh, I had just gotten a drone. I, I got I learned all this backwards. So I learned wow. photo and video originally with a drone, and then got a camera. And in between there, I was using my iPhone uh, to run restaurants, Instagrams, like mm-hmm. luxury restaurants, Instagrams. So I was doing it all with an iPhone, and uh, because I was, I noticed all these little influencer chicks on there were doing the same thing. I'm like, why can't I do it? So it's literally that easy. It's just kind of typing in the question that you want to know, and just yeah. on YouTube. And literally, it tells you everything. 
Yeah. So my goal was on on I was sitting on a metro rail mm-hmm. train going from like Dade Land. I'd just gotten something at Best Buy and I was coming back to Brickle. And I was thinking to myself, man, I'd rather be on a train to different countries in this world to like learn about why those people do what they do in this hospitality industry or why they do what they do in an artist world. Uh rather than being on a metro rail to different Miami stations. Like, let me get on the train to different world stations. Right. And then I started thinking, how am I going to get there? How is a dude going to get the attention or to get these hotels to fly him out there? Because mm. uh, I've got no boobs. I've got no little butt that people want to see. It's like, I got to <laughs> go ahead and create some sort of real value, you know? Yeah. That's where it all came from, man. It's just like, just trying to get around the world just without paying for it. I mean, that's the goal. That was the, that's the goal, right? How do I figure that out? I think I figured it out, man. I think I've got a little bit of a grasp on it. And so now it's just uh, the, the amount of time it's taken the last few years of just grinding every day, all day, every day. Um, I don't know what a break is. And uh, it's starting to it's starting to reach people now. So we're starting to see the come up. And how do you actually start it up by saying like, you know, let me just go ahead and start helping you out. You know, what? where did you win and where did you start it? And how did people actually win? Like, yeah, go. It was um, probably my, my current job and boss. Um, I work at Better Days in Miami. Um, shout out to Better Days and my team there and Will, uh, my boss, who was one of the first ones to kind of like... Um, let me just be creative in, mm. in the bar before I was an employee there. I went from like a degenerate drinker there. Duh. And, um, <laughs> and then <laughs> a lot of us got our employment by just being drinkers there. Oh, and no then, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, manageable you're a manageable degenerate. Dude, you're so. manageable. <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, but it's, it's, um, he's always been a very, very, uh, encouraging person that's just let me kind of go in there and practice do things mm. with flash do things on video the guys at blackbird let me shoot there originally too and oh. uh, practice and then um i used to have a restaurant it was like a, a michelin style restaurant and uh, the chef was a chef of mine uh, at a restaurant that i was a server he was a chef and he saw what i was trying to do in the restaurant with the marketing and was like why don't you just come shoot one of my dinners one time and then i went over to his house and got to watch him for like 14 hours and just record the whole process mm-hmm. and then that day at the end of it they he and his wife were like we'd actually like you to be a partner in this with us and uh that's where a lot of my um my growth and my my knowledge came from about the fine dining world and like thomas keller and all these people that uh that taught him what he knows. Um, I got to try to figure out how to do on camera in real time. So that, that taught me a lot was just like that, like he's cooking and I got to figure out the right thing to do on the camera or whatever. Right. Just, didn't know what I was doing before, but at the end of the day, I ended up knowing a lot more. So it was just by, by like being in the situation that I learned. That's pretty cool, man. And, and, and your story is so funny because like, that's the similar story to every other successful person that's ever come up in the industry is like, dude, I just started to do it, just doing this, this and that and nonstop. And yeah, I, I had nothing and I just went ahead because it's like, that's the only thing I had. And all of a sudden, you know, they're big and, and known. Right. But I think that's also, I think that's what we had talked about the first time though, was like, do you think that if you had known what it would take to do all these things that you mm-hmm. want to do, would you have done it? Because for me, I didn't realize like my ignorance is what I think helped catapult me to, to doing it. It's because I had no idea what everything 
would take uh, in the back end, but I just knew I could do a little something. So I tried. And I think sometimes like if people were to know how difficult it was or how, how many hours go into learning all this stuff. And it's been, like I said, three years of nonstop. I'm always shooting and I'm always trying to create. I'm always practicing. I don't think had somebody told me about the amount of hours that you have to put in, I don't necessarily know if I would have done it. Mm. But my sheer ignorance kind of let me just be foolish enough to try. See, like, figure about that conversation that you and me we had. Like, I don't know if about that because maybe it's because I'm, I'm the type of person that I'm very easy to absorb knowledge and information and and I adapt to it and I always like prefer like if I'm doing something wrong correct me go ahead and correct me so I don't continue doing the same wrong mistake you know and if so, and if somebody can go ahead and tell me from the start like hey don't be a fucking promoter don't worry about being a promoter just focus on making music and stick with music eventually it's gonna get good you just have to put in the hours. It's going to be a time consuming. You may not see it, but you will reach it. You don't have to go waste your time on promotion. You don't have to waste your time on, on, on sucking on each other's titties and kissing their asses and selling tickets or whatnot just to put your name on it. No, just focus on your music and, and eventually your music is going to be that good that it's going to get picked up. I think a lot of the traditional ways of achievement are fucking done. If I, if I would have known that before I decided to join to be a promoter, like I will probably be much more ahead of my, in my career life. I would, I would say the way that you, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably true. It's, it's interesting that I'm not familiar with how, how the old school system went in that world and, or in mine, to be completely honest, it's, um, it's, I, I've only done through the evidence of what I've done is just doing. Yeah. I mean, the end of the day, yeah, it, like you said, you just have to do it regardless, no matter what. Like, there's no shortcuts in all this. And I'm not trying to say that I'm trying to here to cut corners around it. Like, no, because cutting corners will not get you far at all. Like, and I've seen it happening so many times with a lot of local artists that I've grew up. And, you know, by doing that, you know, they end up by doing nothing. They're right yeah. now, nothing right now to this day. And. Yeah, no, I'm not saying I'm never I would never say that I would never agree to that. I always will tell people, guys, like being the, if you really want this, look at all the sacrifices I had to do and endure just to do this. In fact, me being the promoter to DJing, DJing in free festivals in one year, big festivals. We're talking about Life in Color, Sunset Music Festival and a Huge sold out festival that happened in my hometown in Puerto Rico, which big headliners came along. Would you, nobody would ever believe that, that I actually did those for free. Right. Same, same, same. A lot of times, a lot of times I'll do it for free first. And, uh, yeah. And, and those are the type of sacrifices that you have to make. Like you have to make. And I'm telling you, it's like hours I put into like money that I spent, credit cards that I built up um, depth out of it because I had a goal and I needed to get there. I didn't have that full support from my family. You know, I had nothing. I was just me, myself, and and that's it. You know, and gotta go. And like, this is the goal. We gotta do it. People don't really realize that until I explain my story and say, like, guys, like, like I got 
dead all over my ass, but was it worth it? Absolutely. Because it got me to where I am. But could I have avoided that by just like not doing promotion and just stick by making music? Because I already had the contacts. I already had um artist contacts before I was a promoter. I already got homies of mine that they were making it in the scene. So I really didn't need to go networking these festivals to meet more people. I just had to stick by with my music and exchange feedbacks and eventually it's going to come up. I wish somebody could have told me that from the start. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I'm not going to deny it. I wish somebody could tell it. And I could have avoided so many hours wasted. On, I don't know if I will say wasted because a lot of those hours were much more of a me learning my life and learning what I'm trying to do. Like and right. I and I'm glad that I did it because you know at least I can share this knowledge to the next person, but yeah, like if somebody would told me just stick with music before I even started, I would have taken that route. So I'm a very like knowledgeable <laughs> person, much more um like guidance. Like if you give me some sort of a guidance that can actually help further my career, I'll take it into consideration and definitely you know decide at the end of the day what I gotta do. But obviously, in my mindset, having this knowledge, you still have to put in the work. No matter yeah. what. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think that's so you have to have you have to have a reason to do it. And I think that's yeah. what a lot of people are, are, they're missing. They're missing the reason. Most of the time, the reasons are the wrong reasons. And, and when yeah. I say wrong reasons is the they they see it as a, like a scapegoat to reality, a scapegoat for like I don't want to have a nine to five, like I don't really want to do this. Like I see how these people are getting getting famous very quickly, getting to the parties very quickly. It's that easy. I just have to be a DJ. I get bottles and shit and women. Oh, like oh, I just have to make music. I'll have somebody to make it for free for me. I'll sell it to somebody. I'll make money, and that's all they gotta do. And travel for free. And yada yada, and get paid for it. See that yep. a lot of times people actually do that because that's like the easiest way to get a quick buck, you know, easiest way to get recognized, you know, instead of actually doing it for the right reasons, which are, you know, that you're actually passionate about it, that you're willing to put in the hours. Most of the time, these people don't want to put in the hours because it's too much. It's too much. Like, oh, I can't, I can't, I don't have time. Like, I, I, I want to do this, do that, and this is that. It's like, thought the greatest they had to do sacrifices yeah. they had they to the they made the time and they lost the relationships and they lost the uh those those friend groups and stuff like that because they they ended up knowing that what they were after was so much bigger than what was you know at risk of being lost yeah that's what i look at is like yo where's your passion come from where's where does that come from for me it's about having learned the term ikigai which is the Japanese term for the purpose of being. I talked to you about that day. I talked mm. to everybody that went into that room that day in the green room. It's four things and they have to combine all four of these. You have to have them in order to never feel a lack of being a purpose in this life. And it's what are you good at? What does the world need? What can you get paid to do? And then what do you love? And if you find a way to connect all four of those, you will never ever sense a lack in a sense of lacking in your life in any aspect. And that's what I don't think a lot of people recognize is that why are you doing this music? Why are you trying to create this? Like, is it going to be for all these things and girls? No, because it shouldn't. That's not what's going to carry you at all. What will yeah. carry you is like this absolute drive, this absolute mm -hmm. determination to get to this, 
this other points. And uh, I think that's what carries the most successful people. And that's what you, is, it's evident when you listen to their music, when you watch their videos and see their pictures, you can tell that there was actually something that was behind that, that creation. Yeah. I mean, some of the people that I interview, like I like these guys are on a fast track to get into the where they are. And they and they started not too long ago. And I see then how how involved they are. And they tell me how many hours they put into how how much how much struggle they just got to had to just to get through and and get to to that point. I'm just like, damn, bro. See, this is the real shit. This is why you're going to make it. Because you're drive for it, you know you're happy, and you're not like like oh man, like I'm doing this for money. I need money. Like no, no, like money doesn't come into your head for this. You you're just doing it because you just want to. I'm like hey, I'm doing this podcast show. I'm not earning one cent out of it. In fact, I'm I'm spending. I'm investing myself even more money on this. Why? Because it makes me happy. I'm passionate about this shit. You know, I wanna. And I want this to grow even further, you know, I'll do it, yeah. whatever it takes to get further, you know, and I know it's not going to be a uh, a year from now. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have the thousand views and shit like like, no, dude, that's that's work Like you need to yeah. work your ass off to get to that viewership, to get that organic growth so people can actually see you like be like, holy shit, look at this. Like, look yeah. what he's doing. Look what he's spitting facts about. Like, look what he's talking about. Holy shit. I didn't know that this shit works like that. Like, yes. Yeah. And that's hard work. You just have to be dedicated and passionate about it. Yeah. It, it's that, that saying that, you know, you know that you're you're when you're working on a job and you know if you're passionate about it because you don't feel it like it's a job. It's just a regular everyday something that you just happen to do and you love it and and you make money out of it. Yeah, that's that's also what I like to shoot. I like to shoot those workers. For me, social media has been too much of a distraction to a lot mm -hmm. of people. And it can, if it's a distraction, it can also be a tool. You just have to learn how to use the algorithm to your ben your your benefit. Yeah. And unfortunately, the way the content that I create doesn't necessarily go with what the algorithm is doing. But at the same time. I shoot hard workers working hard yeah. in the sense that like if somebody is a busser in a restaurant or somebody's a hostess or a server or a bartender or something like that, and they're doing the thing they do every single day, right? That actually gets people into this venue to enjoy their time and to spend money. We don't focus enough time on thanking them for their mm, efforts. And so that's where I've right. decided to go ahead and capture those moments of people doing the mundane tasks, but enjoying it and doing it well and leading their team. Because I think that's something that go has and creates more of an incentive to do better at what you do every day is because if, you know, finally it's being glorified, go ahead and you know, take pride in it. I think people should be more proud of what they do every day than yeah. the month that they can chase their side hustles. I agree. I agree. And not many people actually like see that, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's human. You know, you have to treat everybody like humans. You can't treat them as these tools that are just bringing your food and taking your orders just because like, nah, bro, like these are working hard people that actually care about doing some of this shit. Maybe some of them don't do it because they don't really care because it's just a job for them and just passing by. But the people that really do, 
you can actually see them and you can actually see them progress even further. I mean, I've seen back in my day when I used to work in the Clevelanders, I've seen bussers who became bar- bartenders, servers, and then managers. Yep. Like I've yeah. s- seen that trajectory, you know, and it's just like, dude, I remember when I came in, you were just a busser, man. You were just a barback. Now look at you. Now look where you are, man. And that's a great evidence. That is a great representation of anything that those people will put their mind to in life. Mm-hmm. If they have the fucking drive to do that, and then they have the, the I don't know, the, the inspiration to do music, chances are if they just apply that same mindset to the music, just like you've done, you're probably good at promoting. Therefore, if you take your mind and put it at the music and uh, yourself, you invest in yourself, you're going to do even better because there's nobody yeah. that we work harder for than ourselves. I agree. You just Like I said, at the end of the day, you, you just have to put your mind to it, bro. Like You have to be very passionate because the, when it comes to creativity, like stuff like this, it just doesn't happen just because like that and all of a sudden, blah, you pull some of that. And like, no, something had to inspire you for you to actually do it and actually like make something and then see like the accomplishment by doing that stuff. I mean, I get excited when when I'm making a song and I did like I, I visualize it of of an idea like, oh, man, what if I do this on this drop and one night when I finished the drop, I listened to it. I was like, holy shit, I did. I did that. I did that. Holy crap. Right, and then you just and you just get your like your pumped up adrenaline and kick in and just go. Oh, let's go do this. Let's go do this. Let's go do this. Yeah, dude, that's exactly it, man. And then like people don't. Oh man, I just I love that feeling too. It's just like when you when you just little by little, and then at the end you just look at it and you're like, oh, what? Yeah, that's like a fuck sick uh, feeling, you know. That's, that's something I couldn't trade for the world, dude. That's why I'm, I'm, I went celibate for a year to make sure that I was doing this for the right reasons, you know? And then I've gone homeless doing my, chasing my dream, dude, mm. because I had to make sure that like money wasn't the reason I was doing it. Nobody could just pay me to do what right. I do. And, uh, you know, it's taught me a lot. I've pulled myself out of that mud, but you know, it's like, yo, those creation moments, I, nothing beats us for me, dude. And it's, it's, it's a feeling I wish more people could have. I really f- think so as well. I think it's. Be- I think people don't actually do that because I think they're afraid. I think that's like one of the biggest things. Like I've heard, it's like they're afraid. I guess failure. Oh, I love failure though. That's the thing. Failure to me is like I've employed a thing I call second step thinking. It's like. Okay, that thing happened. And then, like you said, there's um, choices and then there's consequences. And then what I think about is then what's the next choice after the consequence, right? Mm. So I make this decision and then all of a sudden it's a failure. What's my next choice? You know, and I'm thinking about those kind of things. I'm always trying to think ahead. And for me, failure is just a very, very tangible opportunity for me to grow. And so why wouldn't I love failure? I mean, I've done a video on YouTube called Why We Need to Struggle. It's because mm. if you notice at the end of every struggle, we're tougher. So why would we get upset that we get these moments of like tests and and um, path obstruction right. other than that's actually where we get to learn how to be stronger. It didn't kill us. Uh, therefore, we should be happy that we just got that moment. But a lot of us don't want to 
recognize that these are actual things that we've been asking for just in different forms uh, than what we were expecting. People want to say, oh, gimme, gimme, gimme. And instead, they're missing all the signs of what they're asking for uh, because they're not actually looking for that opportunity to grow. They just want to give it to them. Um, I think that when you're like us, if you're any chance to, to, to perform or to, to go, we're going to take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it's, you know, something that we, we emotionally attach to, but like a lot of people, man, are just like, they're not aware yet. I don't know how to show them how to be more aware. I'm, yeah. I'm that, that's, that's, that's a very hard way to guide people who are not like that and give them that guidance that help and say like, dude, this is the way, you know? Yeah. Like, I wish I had an answer for that. I really don't. The only thing I can just demonstrate by telling people is like, well, guys, listen to my story. Exactly. Learn from my story, I guess. You know, like, like I make mistakes. Homies of mine make mistakes and I learn from all of them, you know, and I learn some, some of these things and want to teach you guys so you can learn, so you can know some of these things. And, Maybe my by me sharing my stories, you can actually think about what can things are passionate for you to do. Like it doesn't have to be music wise. I mean, music it could be subjective for anybody. Like anybody can actually like say, I want to be a musician, but can you actually execute it? And are you gonna be happy every day when you're doing it? You know? Because money comes and goes, but and sometimes when on this early stages of making music. You're gonna be broke as shit, you know. <laughs> like, come, like, dude. I've heard this, um, the struggling artist routine before. You know, it's not a routine that I recommend. If you're having second thoughts, if you really are having second thoughts, I re- I recommend not doing that, and I recommend probably not pursuing music if you actually do feel that. Because the people who actually pursue a music, it's they didn't have any second thoughts. They just do it and just did it because that's what makes them happy. You just have to yeah. do stuff that makes you happy and get that get that wedge, that carrot that you gotta that you gotta follow through. You know that. Oh, that's the follow through too. That's another thing. The follow through is big. A lot of people don't don't think about the follow through. Yeah, it's they like sleep you, they sleep you, on it too much. Yeah, you can do one thing, but you got to make sure you're like you said. You're not gonna have those second doubts, like those second thoughts, because my second thoughts. <laughs> I, I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's my ignorance or not, but like. My second thoughts are like, if I can do it or not, or I don't think about them. If I can't do it, I'll figure out a way to do it mm-hmm. right there. It's I will be resourceful and I will figure it out on the fly because I'm not going to not achieve something. I'm not going to not create something. There's too much technology out there right now for us to utilize. And uh, for me, I use my phone uh, for every every video that I create is been on my phone because why not? Plus, I'm always using it. I'm always on it. Might as well learn how to edit on it. And uh, that's pretty so sick. Yeah, it's it's it is what it is. It's, I try to. I've been, that's one of the ways that I try to compete to make my my content and my abilities more valuable to clients mm-hmm. is to go ahead and say, listen, if you use me, kind of give me the goal that you want in a, a video. I'll go ahead and step into the venue or wherever to the event. I'll shoot it. I'll get you a video in like an hour, hour and a half. So the only way to do that is with a phone. That's pretty dope, man. That's pretty dope. Like learning from the phone and doing everything through the phone. Mad props to you, bro. Mad props. And that and yeah, I guess like people read like 
we keep circling back to it. Like I feel like people are 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 afraid. And then the other thing I want to add to is not not only that they're just afraid, but they're lazy. Yeah. 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 So lazy. Fucking <laughs> lazy, bro. And it's and it's because again, we circle back to the accessibility to stuff. Like everything is so easy accessible for you to do stuff that I don't know what it is um um human brains or human subconscious that they 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 become lazy about it because they they'll they'll it's some psycho psychological shit that for us humans that we think like oh because we have it right there like we don't have to worry about it much like we could I could just access to it any given time and I just do it and that's it but because of that mindset, that means that you will not do it today and you'll right. probably not do it tomorrow or next week or so. You'll do it whenever you actually feel like you're doing it, you know? And then you're just going to cuss up the world. It says like, ah, the world is so fucked up, man. Like they, they didn't treat me right. Is that maybe it's because you didn't do anything. You were too lazy <laughs> and worry about what people think about. Like you, you didn't want to put in the work. You yeah. just want to cut the corners all around, and that's why nothing, nothing good ever came from you, because yeah, you never exactly. worked for anything good to begin with. Yeah, just if you have time to complain, then you're not doing shit. Oh man, talk about uh, uh, complaints, bro. What do you think about all these um, social justice warriors on on social media, bro? Boy, do not get me started on that. Do we have had the year of the SJWs, at least since the beginning of the pandemic. Golly, they're everywhere. I tell you what, pontificating on everything they Pontific do. Oh. Bruh, like every corner something happens. Oh, there's got to be some asshole who's not doing anything in their goddamn lives and go ahead and start talking about me. It's like, oh, you're a horrible person. It's like, <laughs> what? What just happened? Why am I a horrible person? Ah, you're a hater because you did this and that. It's like, Nani? okay, I guess people hate me because I have an opinion. What? My, <laughs> my God, people has like, now they believe that they're, they're entitled to their opinions, which they are, but the level of entitlement and believe yeah. that they say like, it's either this or nothing. You're never going to get anything out of it. I was like, who the fuck are you? Exactly. Who is anybody? What did you do? What say all these things? That's what nobody thinks about. What are your credentials in all this that for for me to say like, oh yeah, this is how it's supposed to be? I'll tell you my credentials. Been in the industry for ten years, worked on the nightlife for for over a decade, DJing for fifteen, and producing for five. Those are my credentials. I think I've know I know a little bit more about you than somebody that's on Yahoo that's that only knows nothing. Than what six months ago he just started. Like, the fuck out of here what is going on exactly they're just sitting around and that's the only way to cloud chase is they think that they can go ahead and snag onto the coattails of somebody else just by criti like critiquing them you don't know anything bro like who's the fuck you're right who the fuck are you you've been doing this for how long yeah okay but yet they're getting a platform and that's what blows that's what blows my mind is that like that we're rewarding that kind of behavior a little bit. It's just, it's yeah. I don't like it that it's it's getting rewarded that way. You know, like it, it like the, like people get like people lose jobs over shit like this. You know. I mean, we see what's happening. It's what what's wild to me is what's happening to Rogan right now. 
in that whole thing. Oh, then- let's talk about it. Let's talk about it because this is something very important to talk about. And that affects it affects every podcaster out there in the world, including me. Like, this is something that we need to discuss about it. Yeah, the thing is, like, you're going to pull up something from 12 years ago and you're not even going to, like, then consider the 12 years that this person has put behind the message that they're getting out there. The message is just genuine, like, genuine curiosity. So you have people with different topics on and then we have enough time on our hands that people are attaching and calling him some sort of misinformation guy when it's like, I don't think that was what he was trying to do with any of this. And he... and he's just a he's just a thinker. He's just a curious person that has people like has multiple people every every episode of his. He has different people who has different beliefs, different ideologies, different religious beliefs, different political views. You know, like how many times have we seen like people from the Democrats and the Republicans in his podcast? How many times have we seen doctors? How many times have we seen you know comedians like? Former military people, representatives, like, dude, people who come over, like, it's funny because Joe Rogan's podcast is an all-around podcast. Like, people just sit down and have a conversation. And that's what he does. He just sits down and have a conversation. He doesn't just, like, tell people, it's like, you shouldn't be taking the vaccination. Like, no, he's not even saying that. He's just saying, like, well, based on my experience, I didn't take the vaccine. I took this. And I and I consulted to some of the, my doctor friends, and they were and they would say it's okay to do this. He never okay. said that he's an anti-vaxxer. He never said that he's totally against the vaccine. He just says like he's not comfortable wearing it himself. And he's not saying don't do it, guys. Don't do it. It's not a bit. people come over to the show to his show and talk about like you know speculations about like you know it's weird that the vaccine came out so quick and fast. Hey. I had those fucking doubts as well before I took my vaccine shot. Absolutely. I have my doubts. It's like, God damn, that was very fucking quick for, for them to actually pull this vaccination this this early and, you know, a year after, or, uh, like a year after the whole pandemic and shit. Like, it's damn, it's kind of wild for this shit. It's all speculation and we can talk about it. It's okay to have the opinions, but just, but saying that, oh, Joe has been saying all this shit is like, nah, you're not, you don't listen to the, to his podcast because he not once has he ever said something like that and he's just talking out of his ass he's and he said it multiple times it's like i'm not a smart person i'm a dumb fuck i'm a dumb person i'm just here to learn you know and that's what he does and exactly i I just like how people just wanted to go ahead and then all of a sudden care about their health and everybody else is around them yeah like that that fake you know it's like, oh, like you, that's very offensive to black people. It's like, have you asked the black community? Mm-hmm. Have you talked to them if they say it's offensive? If it's offensive, then they they have the right to say it. The same thing that I remember uh, Gabriel Iglesias um, said something similar to that is like when, when it comes to lat- Latinos, like like people like me, they say having people like defending my honor, whether they do realize or not that like I'm not offended by all like. I don't really need your help. Thank yeah. you for defending me, but I've never asked. Oh yeah, it was something about tacos. 
Like people were going after, like I'm telling you, this is how bored these social justice wars were. Like they started saying like, don't you think it's kind of racist that we have a lot of Taco Bells across the country and we assume that tacos and burritos are all Mexican food? Like we should stand up for our brothers from Mexico and be like, yo, we, we let's eat your food. Like this is not their food. And we're and people, Gabriel Iglesias is like, oh, okay, but I like tacos. Yeah, I like I like to go to Taco Bell. Those those specials, those a dollar ta per taco, like fuck yeah, sign me up. Like yeah, I don't real. I don't really thank you for defending me, but I wasn't offended. Exactly, dude. And I, I'm wondering about all these things about bringing up about Rogan's racism and stuff. Yeah, like, the black community that brought it up. I I don't feel like it was no because if if not, then we would have heard it. A long time ago, like we would have heard people that from the BLM or the Antifas or the or whatever, like we would have heard it by now by saying like, yo, cancel Rogan because he said the end were a long time ago and blah, blah, blah. And we would have heard by now. No, no. Yeah. It's people that they're goddamn bored and they got nothing else to do. And they see something latched like it's been the talks and they want to they want to add more fuel to the fire. And that's what it all is. Like we're making a big deal out of literally nothing. Okay, maybe not nothing because he did say that and he did make some jokes. But guess what? That was him back then, and he apologized. He yeah. apologized. What else can we? What else are we asking for him? No, okay. if, no, a real apology. I said is cancel you. Like you know, quit, quit, uh, cancel the contract with Spotify. You're gonna take away his job, his livelihood. Why? He apologized. Exactly. He, exactly. He, what's done is done. There's no going back. Like unless he he unless we found out that he killed somebody or like sexually raped somebody, right? Or or being a pedo or or do some foul foul criminal shit. Unless we find out that he was some like he was best friends with fucking Jeffrey Epstein. I don't know what else do you really want. Like, I feel like the energy is way too hard on it. Like, like it's, it's not. It, it's 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 the, it's similar to the same thing that happened to Kevin Hart a few years ago. You remember that Kevin Hart was about to host the Grammys, and that was his. No, it wasn't the Grammys. The Oscars. The Oscars, and that was his longtime dream to do the Oscars, and the Oscars were were excited. He had skits. He was ready to host them. And then all of a sudden, again, social justice warriors out of left field comes out of nothing and pulls out an old tweet of, of Kevin Hart saying it's something about, you know, if I found out that, that my son is playing um, uh, dolls and, and made me wonder if he's going to be turning gay or something, then I'm going to smash that shit and, and give him a fucking Tonka truck. But obviously it's a joke. It's a joke. Because right. I've heard, I heard this bit before on one of his comedy specials. And that was and we're talking about eight, ten years ago. He doesn't make those type of jokes now. And everybody was after him because they were saying that the LGBTQ plus community were after him and say, like, oh, that's homophobic from his part. And you're and you're like, oh, like, God. what? What are we fighting about? What? That was eight years ago. He is not the same person he was eight years ago. And yeah. what astounds me is that the Oscars pull him out. And yeah, for fear of whatever. For fear. Of, uh, 
Yeah, so they can always be in the right side of everybody, you know? And the Oscars telling them, like, yo, you got to apologize. It's like, well, I'm sorry. I did, sorry. Yeah, but you got to apologize to this and that. And he's like, no. The fuck I'm not going to apologize. Like, I already said sorry. What more do you want from me? More. Well, no, I'm not going to do it. If they don't want to accept my first time apology, then, you know, they can suck an egg, literally. Exactly. But that's not, not enough people stand by that. Too many people are ready to just cave to the apologetic fucking whatever side it is. And it's just like, God damn, really? Look really? at, look at that way? And even like Dave Chappelle controversy, man. Oh, God. Yeah, that too. Fuck. I was and I was definitely very vocal about the Dave Chappelle controversy. I was definitely by Dave Chappelle. I was like, I I defend this guy. I don't give a shit. Like I I've been a Dave Chappelle fan. Maybe you can say, oh, that's you and your biases. Like sure, but guess what? I know when somebody crosses the line. Like I know when the line has been drawn, and I know when somebody crosses it. Dave Chappelle did never ne- has never crosses any minds. Does he say? Foul shit? Yeah. But then again, guess what? It's comedy. Yeah. That's what they get paid to do. Comedy. Make fun of. That's what it is. Ha ha ha. Jokes. We laugh about it. You don't have to get so sensitive and wound up over something that somebody wasn't even serious about. And not only that, it wasn't serious. It's like most of the time, some of these comedy sketches are lies. They just made up. But guess what? They they made it up because it's entertaining. Like they're not even serious to have the shit that they say, you know? But it's it's stuff that's laughable. And for for them for them to go ahead, it's like how he's transphobic. He doesn't have that. He doesn't like the the transgenders. He has something I can see. Like no, no. And for them to say about like, oh, he's transphobic on the last special, I'm like, did you guys saw the same special that I saw? Because in no way he was ever transphobic. And the last joke was a real serious one in which he talked about how he was close with this transphobic person that he was good friends with. And that 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 person stand by Dave Chappelle and everybody from the LGBTQ committee plus the other people who are not involved in that, but they just want to be involved, they roasted that person. They roasted it to the point that she killed herself. And not one person from the LGBTQ community was like, oh man, poor Daphne, poor, poor person that had to go for this. No, it had to be Dave Chappelle, the super, the supposedly transformer person to defend this person, you know. And and he said it himself, like he put a trust fund. A college fund for Daphne's uh, child so they could go to college. Does that sound to you like a fucking transphobic person? Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't sound like it at all, but it's like, why did everybody get attached to that? It's like, you got too much time on your hands, dude. And also watch the special. You got that much time to criticize. You got that much time to talk shit. Watch the fucking special so that you understand what said. Yeah, bro. I feel like um, we've lived in this world where the lie is much more entertaining than the truth. Like nobody really ki- gives a shit about the truth when the lie is much more entertaining. Yeah, it's 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 scary. But that's also where I guess that's the fuel that drives the creations that I I try to do. It's a dopamine effect, you know. Yeah, 
it's 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 disgusting and that's you know all the media people and all the the social media apps all these things know it they they use it to their advantage and our disadvantage and that's why we're caught in these little loops all the time just worrying about the dumbest shit instead of what actually can go ahead and drive all of us higher up you know like when i like i stopped watching the news because I noticed that every time I turn in on the news, there's nothing happy about it. There's yeah, nothing I, like you can say like, oh, my God, there's a sort of achievement. No, bro. Everything is just fucking depressing. Like somebody kills somebody. Uh, bad weather. War is coming. Um, the politics from both parties. And yeah. Yeah, that's why I. Uh, it's been years since I've watched any type of uh, mainstream news. I have a, I have a few channels that I watch on YouTube, some independent news media that I uh, I watch religiously, um, that are really good. There's, a, I don't know if you've heard of Breaking Points. Uh, it's with um, a guy named Sagar and somebody else, but it's it's very it's very balanced. Mm-hmm. And then it's not as much. Um, you don't have that whole corporate greed behind it. And mm-hmm. then I also watch a show called Morning Invest, and that's just by these two. This husband and wife that dude used to be a correspondent on Fox years ago and then became uh, basically a good financial wizard with stuff and then just decided to start his own his own news thing to bring like uh, the stories to American people so that they can understand what's happening and it's again not corporate paid for or anything like that so you get a real uh, genuine uh, approach to the news and they definitely try to make it to where it's not depressing and want to kill yourself type shit where it's actually like broken down and um, you know, th- just like what we're doing here. It's yeah. it's just conversation like this. And I feel like that's much more better off than your traditional mainstream shit. I mean, be- it's just, it's scary the fact that, that I cannot trust anything that goes from them because everything is so biasy. Like you can, like you can have one specific event and it's being told differently on two different news stations. Like whatever happened on the White House, CNN is going to report it at a certain way and then Fox is going to report it on another way. And it's wild to me to like, believe like how is it possible that we got such biasy and not having like the f- actual facts about it you know and then and, and that's and that's and then that's media manipulation at the end of the day that's media manipulation and it scares me the fact that you know my parents they see the news every day and and see this type of shit and they you know when we have these conversations they said no but the, the news they said as well it's like damn bro like they can't, They don't even know like half of the shit that happens in on these news is just bullshit, you know. Like and it's, and then if I talk about it, if I say something about it, it's like I'll stop reading what Facebook says and whatnot. I was like, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not one of these Karens that they believe anything that goes for Facebook and says that's how the world works. Like no, like I educate myself by listening to people and listening to different various podcasts and listening to people talk and speak. Like I educate myself, you know, by doing that type of shit. But yeah, but it's like Facebook. Facebook, it's the wild, wild West in there. You know that I don't know if you saw that um, something like 19 of the largest 21 or 22 Christian groups on Facebook are run by Russian bot farms. What? Yeah. 
Yeah, they're like troll farms, Russian, like Russian troll farms. They run the, that's so like the, I don't know if you remember a couple of years, it must've been, well, it might've been longer than a decade. There was a, uh, uh, like a Middle Eastern uh, conference set up right across from a like second amendment conference in Dallas. Mm. And turns out that both of those Facebook groups that ended up coordinating all that were both run by Russian troll farms. And so that's how the uh, they're suggesting that the next wave of war won't be any type of like soldiers lost on a battlefield, but it will be based on like the type of misinformation that like mm-hmm. Russia and China are able to go ahead and create in our American democracy ended up swaying people. And it was never an American that came up with all these divisive things. It was a foreign enemy that ended up creating these problems because they know that's what Americans end up caring about. Yeah. So the ones that are actually creating all these divides between us. And that's what's really scary is that we're more or less falling for it. Yeah, that we're more susceptible to believing these these sort of misinformations that we can end up shooting ourselves in the foot and lose the game right yeah. there and there. Big and- time. And cancel culture. And I'm sorry, not only that, but the censorship going on right now on YouTube and across all these platforms too. They're censoring the fuck out of people just for their arbitrary reasons. It's scary as hell to me to think about. And that they have to go to websites like 4chan or 8chan or Reddit and shit like that so they can actually put those those arbitrary beliefs and you know because they they get so much censorship on on these major platforms that they know that if they run they talk about it in this that you know they'll be all right yeah that's 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 what's wild to me is that these whole you you, you have to be careful what you say now and, and that's god that's scary that freedom of speech is not freedom no not um, on these channels not <laughs> We lost that. I don't know when did we lost it, but we lost it because anything that you say can come back and bite you back in the ass. And I mean, I may be liable with some shit, some wild shit that I said here in my podcast. You know, I stand yeah. by it. I if I said it in a podcast and I was firm about it, I stand by it, you know, and I'll defend myself about it. You know, obviously, I'm not going to bother myself by by the common sentence is like, oh, you're a piece of shit person. It's like, yeah. that's that's your opinion. But yeah, I, I know I'm not a piece of shit of a person because I'm I'm a I know I am a good person. So I really, really do not engage with you know with the comments. It's just like you're a piece of shit. And I'll talk, I'll talk about it in the podcast. It's like, oh, the other day somebody called me a piece of shit. I'm just like, all right, like you don't know me, so but kudos <laughs> for you. I, I I love those moments. In fact, when I was helping one of my boys, um, Anthony, who's the bar manager of a, a venue out here called Salvaje, mm-hmm. shout out to both of them. The um, competition that we we recorded for him and put him out there, uh, we got a dick pic in the DMs, mm. and uh, he was like, "Bro, somebody sent the dick," and was like, "Fuck you on this sh- shit." And I was like, "Yo, hell yeah, we got a dick pic. That means we're making it, man. That means if somebody had that much time to fucking get so upset about this." Send us some insult with a dick pic. I'm like, yo, we're crushing it. We got to keep going on this kind of <laughs> stuff. Like, fuck what they think, dude. Fuck what they heard. Fuck, fuck all that, dude. Like the hating. One thing that um, one of my roommates said to me years ago, and it's really stuck with me, is that like through his side, his old side houses and stuff, he's like, if he did something for me, like a favor, I'd be like, oh, thanks, bro. I appreciate it. 
And he'd be like, bro, a crackhead can thank me for this. Like, don't thank me. Do something. You know, like, this goes back to the circling back to whole doing something. Mm. Words, fuck them. You know, at the, do something to earn, like, either the ability to say something or, but just like telling me thank you, I don't mean shit. You know, and that's why the comment guy telling you something that don't mean shit. What do you actually do to earn the right to ever criticize or to compliment me? And that's why I don't even look at compliments or, or criticisms that much until I find out that they're from somebody that's actually credentialed. Right. I'm with you on that, bro. I'm with you. But it, yeah, it's just careful, careful what you say because it's going to offend somebody. But at the end of the day, any, if that's going to be the mentality, then anything that you say will offend somebody and it's already too late. At that point, you're like, well, whatever. I'm already in the hot water. So might okay. as well, might as well enjoy, might as well enjoy the, the hot waters, right? Like shit. Maybe make it a jacuzzi. Yeah. Make a fucking jacuzzi out of it because like, what else can you do other than to say, go fuck yourself. I hope you die. It's like, okay. Yes. Yeah, strong words, whatever. Yeah. Strong words, but. Is that ever going to happen? Of fucking course not, you know? But yeah, like whole censorship and the fact that we're not allowed to say, you know, anything at all in today's world, which is, it's wild, man. It's wild. And maybe some of it is, is, is for a good reason. You know, I have to believe that at least some of this stuff is for a good reason. Like, you know, like back then we are not allowed to say the F word that's derogatory for, for for the gays, right? I I I know that I've said it before, you know, as a joke and shit. You know, that was the whole point of the jokes back in the I don't know in the nineties in the early two thousands. And now we say it, and it's like you're canceled. It's like <sighs> damn, bro. Like damn, I can't even say the other word. The other day, my my fiance, she bless her soul, <laughs> she was saying I I cursed at somebody out, and I say fucking. R word, which is like, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it here, but it's like, you know what the R word is for, yeah. for somebody. The 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 other word for idiot, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I said it, and she's like, hey, "Baby, don't say that." I was like, "What? What do you mean? You're not you're not just supposed to say that." And it's like, "What the fuck is telling me I'm not supposed to say the R word?" And it's like, "Don't say it because people will take that offenses." Are you fucking kidding me? You're telling me I can say. Re- <laughs> yeah. Riri, really? Yeah. <laughs> You're telling me I'm not allowed to say Riri anymore? The fuck? I'm not. They're taking everything, bro. They take. I, oh, I can't say bitches anymore. Oh, dude, don't get me started on that, dude. God damn, dude, don't get me started. Yeah, you can't. Why can't you? Because they see it all the time. What? Bro, what? if 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 I see a dude that's acting like a little bitch, I'm gonna call him. He's a fucking little bitch. Why little the bitch. fuck I can be saying a bitch? Am I saying a bitch to a woman? No, I'm saying it to the guy. Guys acting like a bitch. Yeah. No, but that's offensive. That's offensive to women. Who? Who yeah. got offended? Who yeah. the fuck got offended by it? I'm not even talking to that offended person. I'm talking to the. Fucking Riri here is acting like a little bitch. <laughs> totally, man. It's like, listen, girls. I, listen, I, I've noticed something, and again, this is all. These are all theories that people put onto me, and I've been like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. Bitches, bitches. When you're when you're referring to women, bitches, they love to be called bitches sometimes. But like, 
not necessarily in private. Like in private, they like, you know, to be a little bit more well-spoken, but like in public, they kind of like, it weirdly enough, get this turn on by this, uh, this aggro guy or this alpha male. They enjoy that weirdly enough. And that's where I feel like the song, she don't want to be saved. Don't save her. Not all these girls want to be, you don't be saved. And that kind of thing. It's 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 weird, dude. And yeah, some, so, some of these women act like bitches, like real, like hoes, like, and they want to be like that. But yeah, I'm and they'll themselves, and they're not looking at it a bad way. Yeah, yeah, basically, and then and then it it then shifts back into like like oh my god, you're misogynistic. It's like why? Because I see a group of women they're acting slutty and they just call each other bitches, and then kissing other dudes for no goddamn reason and just, you know, beer buttons. Like, I'm not allowed to say that. I'm not allowed. Oh, only women are allowed to say that, but I'm excluded. What mm-hmm. the fuck? Like, this world, like, we're censoring shit. Freedom of speech, not freedom. Yeah, no, it doesn't make. So when somebody ever tells me, like, oh, it's my right, it's freedom of speech, it's like, no, bitch. <laughs> freedom of speech is not really freedom of speech because anything you say has consequences. Yes, I do. So you better watch out because somebody's going to come to you and they're going to cancel you. <laughs> like the old uh, Santa song, man. He sees, uh, he sees when you're sleeping, knows when you're awake, man. People are going to fucking find you. Yeah, for real. Got 99 problems, baby. Bitch ain't one. <laughs> but saying Riri is. But saying Riri is. Riri is the is the major problem. I can't say Riri. Why can't we cancel fucking Jay Z now? He said it multiple times. I got ninety nine problems, but bitch ain't one. Why can't we cancel him? Oh no, he's a rapper. He was just singing. It's like how many times have we heard fucking one of these rappers singing saying that? Yeah. Damn girl. Oh, she's a sexy bitch. A sexy bitch. A sexy bitch. That Akon said it loud and clear. It was a song, and P- and girls are be like, "Yeah, girl, you a sexy bitch. Yeah, girl, you're a sexy bitch. No, you're not allowed to say that. That's very disrespectful. That's rude." <laughs> yeah, they'll be singing it, and then you join in. Yeah, you're a sexy bitch, and then they all stop and freeze, and they turn around like, "Uh, excuse you. Whoa, whoa. My bad, yo." My bad. I'm sorry. I'm not allowed to say like, what am I allowed to say? Shit. No, the pretty soon the cows are going to get mad at you. And they're going to tell you that you can't say shit. Oh, my God. I, that reminds me of a of a time that PETA pull out some wild shit that I saw. PETA got offended by the cows. Some weird <laughs> shit. Not too long ago. It's like, oh, you're not allowed to say cows or something about the cows because it's it's hurtful for them. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Peter, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, they're cows. The only thing that they say is moo. <laughs> yeah. And in some places, eat more chicken. But, you know, that's just, that's those Chick-fil-A cows. Maybe oh. it was a Chick-fil-A cow that got offended. I think, I think that was another thing. Like, you can't be putting, you know, the cows and in, in the chicken and, you know, as if offensive and shit. Oh my god. Oh my god. I remember there was a billboard in New Jersey in which one side they say about please do not kill crabs or something like that. You know, there there are friends and whatnot. And then the other side, it's the same image, but a bit red. And the and the people are saying, 
unless they're red and ready to cook, then you, you're okay to eat them. Come over to our restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> that was some baller move to do. <laughs> All in that same billboard. Impressive. Impre- you know, actually, now that I'm thinking about billboards, I don't know if you ever used to see, I keep referring back to Chick-fil-A. I love their hate chicken. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. The, uh, the signs, at least in my hometown back in the day, they'd have like the cows as like little statues putting up the little billboards. And they, I'm surprised that we never had anything against like animal working abuse or something like that. Like, you know, somebody getting mad that there was, you know, cows putting up billboards like, oh, that's horrible for the animal. And it's like, nowadays I wouldn't put it past somebody to do something like that. Like I'm pretty sure somebody already put it out. I'm pretty sure Peter were like in support of it. It's like, yeah, that's right guys. And some, yeah. and then out of left field, someone come over and say, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer shocked by what people are getting offended at these days. I'm just, I, it's just always like, <laughs> I guess, I mean, I knew somebody was going to get offended. Somebody somewhere was enough time in their basement just to get upset about that. Just that. Just that. Because today was that. Two weeks yeah. later, everybody's going to forget about it. Like, are we still talking about the Dave Chappelle controversy? Not in the same way. What? It, same way. When it happened, it happened. But then what? what's happening right now? Ain't nobody oh, talking no. about it. Dave Chappelle's doing, still doing his thing. He's on his way, on his tour. He's still talks. It's just like... What good did that all do? What, what good? That? Yeah. What good did that all do? Honestly. Absolutely nothing. nothing. Not a damn thing. Added nothing. Added nothing to this world for benefit. And Netflix supported Dave Chappelle. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Just, Same with Spotify for Rogan. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. See, when I see these le- level corporates defending on the person... That's where I know it's like, all right, you guys are not that biased. You're not all the time like, yeah, we're always going to be on the right side. Like, no, you guys are always going to be on the on the side of logic and be like, okay, why are we canceling him? Okay, he didn't do anything wrong. We believe he didn't do it wrong and we stand by it. Kudos for you guys because again, you're, you guys are literally like the last strong of defense before the walls are breached and then you can't say shit anymore. Because yep. now everything's going to be censored. Everything's going to be muted. You're going to get easily demonetized. And you, you're you just a CEO pleasing a low-level, low-life person who has absolutely nothing else to do in their lives. All because he or she decided to, like, they hate this certain person. And you're going to go ahead and listen to that certain person and cancel someone else's livelihood. All because that one person says that. Yeah, that's also what blows my mind, too, is that you want to go ahead and take away their livelihood. You want to go ahead and take away the money that goes into their family's mm-hmm. mouth, like their kids' mouths. Mm-hmm. Like People aren't thinking about that kind of thing. They're so offended personally that they're not thinking about the level of um, consequences that they could affect in somebody else's life. And then, really, did you, you're this warrior for the good, except you did all of this bad. To achieve that good exactly mine where do you draw the line with your morals and your principles or do you even have any that's a, it's like same thing it's like no guys you cannot beat the batman in your story like no way because the batman in the story uses his fucking brain and knows which battles he has to fight that he knows that he 
that 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 can be win. You can't yeah. you can't win all battles. You know, you're you're eventually gonna either you lose some or you lose them all. And 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 let me tell you, like ten years ago, people really would not give a shit about this sort of stuff. Like like studio execs, like corporates, platforms would not move an inch if something like this comes out in the public. Like people will not be that big of a deal. Like they would not cave in just to please the the masses. It would exactly. it would have never happened ten years ago. Now it's like okay, I'm I'm okay for you guys because you guys are my viewership. But then again, maybe maybe more than half of that mass are not even your viewership. Right, right. You, you. Yes. So how did, how the hell are you really pleasing the masses when you're actually pleasing nobodies that don't even give a shit about your content? Exactly. So you basically shot yourself in the foot by adding a shotgun to it. Yeah. Ripping your whole damn leg off. It's just like, what? I'm going yeah. down. How that? How did this shit happen? Well, I don't know, man. Putting the gun at you, something happened. Exactly. They shoot their own leg. They shoot, they're shooting the only leg they have to stand on. Yeah. Your arguments. And then they're like, it's, it's, oh, dude, it's wild to me, though. It's, I, I really hope that the, it's going to make a swing back. And I think that's, you know, I hope future. so. Yeah. I hope so. Like, I'm hoping for the best in the future. Like, I hope that's somewhere, shape, or form. This could be just like another another day of another episode of Black Mirror and just like it's over. Like we're done with it, bro. But the yeah. the way how things are going and and now introducing this whole entire your metaverse. Yeah. Yeah. I did a Photoshop guy doing some stuff in the metaverse thing. They're working with uh, clothing designers and they're creating outfits for people to wear in the metaverse. What the fuck? Yeah, to meetings and stuff. So it's um I mean there's an entire there's an entire generation that's just native to this whole online community and that's the life that they know. It's weird. It's a me. dangerous game. It's a very dangerous game because that's where when you feel like that's when you only feel alive when you're in, in this fantasy world and many people can argue with me it was like well what do you think uh, playing video games is that you know when you're playing World Warcraft you know you're playing Skyrim or you're playing some of these you know campaign games it's like well that's very 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 different because first of all you're you're playing a game that is a game Yes. Let's just start with that. It's just a game. It's a made-up belief that you enjoy the characters and you're involved with it. And there's nothing wrong about that, you know? And it has nothing to do with your livelihood. Like, it's just a chill time for you to do it. Versus you getting yourself inside its own universe, like the metaverse, you're physically creating yourself in a certain avatar in a certain way, and then you're just doing wild shit in that whole universe mm -hmm. that and then everything that you do there has no consequences for now and you love it so much in there 
you love it because you had so much freedom that, that you're being restricted by your own reality, by your own real world. And by just going jumping on that, you decided like, I want to spend more time as possible in this world because it's only at this world where I feel like I'm somebody. Yeah. And that's when you lose reality. That's when you what that's when fantasy intervenes into your own reality. And then once once you're out of it, everything that you see will become a video game to you. It'll become its own thing. And then it's it's like another episode of Black Mirror, bro. It's one of these days somebody's gonna snap accidentally and it's gonna kill somebody. And they haven't realized they haven't checked out. It's like, but I'm in the metaverse. Like this is not real. It's like, no. Nah, be your this is real life you just kill somebody for no reason because you believe it's no i locked myself out i locked myself it was like too late too late that's a, good, that's a really good point i hadn't thought about that yet yeah bro because like how many how many people are there that are lonely that they hate their lives that they're that they hate their jobs that they're miserable and then the only thing that makes them feel special or popular or alive is when you go inside these social medias or when you go into these video games. So what do you think what's going to happen when this metaverse hits to these guys? Their dopamine is going to skyrocket to the to the moon, bro. It's going to become an addiction. In fact, it's going to be worse than addiction because it's going to be a point in which you can you could be basically spend days days all hooked up in that whole world not realizing that you haven't drank anything you haven't taken a shit you're just soiling yourself it's crazy and it, and i feel like that's a reality that that's a re, that's a ticking time bomb waiting to happen in this reality 100 percent, man it's 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 interesting to think because my buddy was showing me an article today about uh musk's Neuralink. And it's going to allow people to have an orgasm on command. Dude, like, dude, that's that's another thing. The whole the whole Neuralink. Again, we're circling back to fucking Black Mirror. How many episodes of Black Mirror have you seen in Netflix that involves with some sort of Neuralink that, you know, you basically yourself go yourself. You just plug yourself out of the world and you're like zoomed out. That's predicting too much of the future to be. And to it's be, a, uh, yeah, a very scary thing to think about, but it's. Look what's happening. Now that you say it about orgasms, like, do you know, do you realize how many times people, there are going to be so many um, sexual harassment cases? All because I was just, I was minding my own business and I decided to give myself an orgasm and I was surrounded by people and people <laughs> were just like offended by it. It's like, oh, it's because of me. I was like, nah, I was thinking about something. No, but you give your orgasm in public. That's 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 in exposure, disposure, some, some weird law that you know, you know Indecent what exposure. Thank you, thank you very much. That what it is. Two orgasms, orgasms. I can do my own orgasms by yourself. Um, that's when the human species dies because then if if I got myself an orgasm, why do I need a woman? Yeah, or why does a woman need a man? Why does a why does a woman need a man? I don't need a man. I can just have my own orgasm. What? Me? Pregnant? That's why we need it out. Oh, I could just get, you know, sp uh, sperm donors and whatnot. Yeah, we're getting rid of our own nest. And we're getting rid of the need for us. Bitches. Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it's going to get to the point that men are going to, men and women are going to start having sex with robots. Yeah, dude, they're already, I mean, I saw a little thing in Japan where this guy had on this haptic feedback suit, little VR goggles, and this little blow up uh, 
torso and it was like a little like a little fuck um game basically and he was just like slamming it into himself he was just doing it like doggy essentially and on the computer it showed like him fucking this chick in digital world but it was like what 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 doing and japan is <laughs> japan is a technology advanced you know like whatever whatever japan has we're gonna have it like like two or three years later here there's a bunch of dudes just fucking little blow up torsos dude just in oh <laughs> think of like a room of just a bunch of people just with vr goggles on just humping plastic holy shit seriously seriously i'm hoping for the best for this future but like it's it's hard for me to be optimistic when I see all these signs and I see all these shit happening. It's like, dude, this is just a time bomb waiting to happen. And it's and circling back to what we said earlier about misinformation, you know, about misinformation, about, you know, finding out that we didn't create some of the stuff. This was all orchestrated by, you know, by other foreign countries. And that's how we're going to lose our own war by, you know, killing ourselves and then for a country that's just going to step in and intervene and just like, hey, you can't do that. So we're gonna just going to be regulating for you guys since you guys fail as a society. Oh, that's a scary fuck. A scary fuck that we 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 fail as a society and other countries have to intervene and colonize themselves in there. So that way there could be peace again. But then now we're going to be in a new sovereign it's a scary thought, but it's the same thing with with, with Tenadi. Like it's this whole misinformation, and and we we're not even realizing that that we're we're killing ourselves little by little. Yeah, yeah, we're getting rid of we're getting rid of the necessity for our human existence. Yeah, it's scary. It's scary thought, man. And <sighs> future is looking grim, man. That's why we got to brighten it. That's why we that's why we came here and start brightening shit, man. We gotta do something about it to make a difference and change it and just like not become one of these mindless zombies and just We gotta fight it. That's what I try to do every day, man. Just fight it just by being and just by showing other people, hey, if I can do it, you can do it. We yeah. can do it honestly, we can do it the right way. Yeah. I'm with I'm with you with that, bro. I'm with you. I don't know. Like, there's a lot, there's a few things that I actually want to talk to you about before we wrap this up, man. Um, one of the things I actually very intrigued because you actually mentioned it to me about the marketing aspect, you know, when it comes to these social medias. I am not a big fan of social media at all. Like, I wish I can pay somebody to run my accounts and do all the daily posts from my podcast. Because right. to me, becoming my one man army to do all that stuff is it's heavy for me it's 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 a lot of work and it's a lot of brain power that i have to do and a lot of hours that i gotta cut it just just to make it right like like after i'm done editing this episode and then doing all the other shit it's just yeah like people don't realize the process that i have to go when it comes to doing podcasting when it comes to doing anything especially when you're a one-man army like first of all like once i finish this episode i had to bounce this episode to my other computer in that computer i open up my ableton and then i start editing mids master and adding sound effects just to spice things up you know and i have to do that all on the fly you know and i had right. to recognize the child and that's like an like before it was like three hour job now it's like less than 30 minutes you know it's just easy quick and i can just do this quickly and and bang it. and then once that that is done I have to bounce it 
like and bouncing it it takes space and it takes like i don't know another another 30 to an hour for it to finish exporting it and once it's exported i gotta put it back into the other computer that's where i slap it into the premiere and per and doing whatever the final touches on premiere and then that's like two hours of exporting an entire hour or two hour interview and once that's exported I have to upload it to YouTube and that's another hour because depending on the bandwidth that I have, that's another hour for it to finish uploading. And then I got to put all the thumbnails. I got to go Photoshop, do the thumbnail, upload it, do the description of the episode, explain, follow the social media, follow this person. Once it's done, schedule it. And then I have to do, I have to download the audio version so I can actually put it on Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and, and Apple Podcasts. That's that's a whole task. That's a thing that people get paid to do. That's like every every job role that goes into that. You have a cameraman, you have an audio guy, yeah. you have a live, you have a computer, you have a video guy, you have all these things that you're doing by yourself. Yeah. So th- and so so what I'm good at in this things on these certain things, I'm bad at social media. And uh, and my marketing is not the, as good as as it as it was back then. But it, like people don't understand, guys. Like marketing an artist or a song is much more easier than marketing a podcast because not many people are into it, and a lot of people are into music. Like you're gonna have twenty thousand people listening to your song. You can have like a fracture of that probably will listen to your podcast probably a fracture of those 20,000 people so the dyna- the the dynamics is different it's insane you know so like what advice would you give me that you know that I can actually work on my marketing schemes you know for my podcast besides the, making clips on these social medias you know the really the biggest thing that I can tell people is that engagement, engagement is key is mm. value. Value needs to come from the clips and then engagement ahead of time. So, um, a lot of people don't reach out and physically type in comments on photos on, uh, they just will type like three, whatever emoji. And the algorithm is now not really giving that credit as mm. much as, actually typed out sentences. So what I uh, have known to be true in the past is that engaging with your followers or new followers specifically a couple hours before post goes up, you go ahead and you find people in the niche that you're targeting using hashtags and uh, hashtag discovery podcasts, you know, music podcasts, those kind of things, seeing what's on there and then commenting on some of their recent pictures and then hitting them with a follow. Mm. What that ends up doing is that ends up kind of notifying them. And then within those few hours, chances are they're going to check it. They're going to hit the follow back if they see that there's actually good content and good value with what you're doing. And they're going to be notified sooner than a lot of people about the post that's going up next. So if within those few hours you engage with 10, 15 people, by commenting, whenever your post load goes live in those next two hours, they're going to see it quicker. You're going to get a good amount of likes on that, probably more so than you would if you just mm-hmm. uh, posted it 
out of the blue. Right. Engagement and showing the, the algorithm and showing the platform that you're using it ahead of time before you post it, it generally gets a little bit more engagement in the long run too. But also just the value aspect, just making sure that what you're putting out there to show people in that small bit of digestible content mm. gives them sort of some sort of value through their day. You know, what do you think is going to be useful about XYZ clip? And then that's usually what will drive the organic uh, engagement and the organic following. Well, the cool thing about it is like, I'm always like, I'm always on top of this organic following. Like I always, always search for people to come over and there's always that growth with and I interact with people as much as to my ability, you know, and I always let them know it's like, hey, you know, any other topics you want me to cover, please let me know. You know, I'll try to my best to cover on the next episode, you know, right. And you're right. And like and I always are. I'm always going to be going for that organic growth, you know, just interacting with people because it's like the best way to do it. And I've seen it before when it comes when I release my music, just talking over, commenting on other people's stuff. And, you know, I can see that energy coming back again, you know. Always. And it builds and it builds. It takes, what, 10 years to become an overnight success. Yeah. That's the average. So, you know, now look at Rogan again, circling back to him 12 years later and his podcast has blown up. It's like, yeah. Wasn't there. Yeah. So um, at least I know, like, I'm actually them doing like the, I was afraid of like, I don't know if I was doing the right way of of doing this or not. And you telling me that it's just confirming me like, yeah, I'm, I'm in the right path. I'm just, I just have to keep, keep it going. Just everything's going to work out. Consistency. That's all you have. To, it's literally, I've helped dozens of people start podcasts, but I told them, I said, you got to be ready to like do this for a long time and it cannot be for the money. You got to have something. Yeah. Podcast. And if you don't, you're not going to do it. Just yeah. there's not going to be reason. So you doing this because it's bigger than yourself because you want to give other people that kind of opportunity to learn about from what people are doing, how they can also do it. That's going to carry you further and faster than anything else would. I mean, that's my wedge, man. That's my that's my carrot, man. Like I love helping people. I I, I love you know guiding that. And me doing this for free for me is a, is like whatever. Like. Whether I earn money or not, it does not affect me, my livelihood at all. I just doing it because I want to. I love doing it and, and it fulfills me. It fulfills me to talk to people like you in my show and, you know, talk about all sorts of stuff. You know, it's just it, it's engaging for me. And I always learn something new. I always will learn something new. And I, and I appreciate that that knowledge power over anything else, man. And I hope that when people listen to these episodes, they they can also learn something out of it or take something out of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's all that I try to do with my content too, man. It's just make sure that there's been something I said that uh, somebody else can go ahead and relate to mm-hmm. and use as a, a tool, just like I've been given in this life. Why is it that you actually chose the name for carbonation for your so own? carbon carbon is K-A-R-B-A-N is actually my last name. And so uh, one day I was really stoned and I was watching Colbert Rapport. And yeah. uh, <laughs> back in the day. Back in the uh, day. He has the, he had this like Colbert Nation. And I was like, oh that's cool. And then I created Carbon Nation. And at the time I wasn't really sure what that was gonna be. And then when I, over the last few years, um, have been developing kind of like the foundation for the content that I create, 
carbon is, I was adopted when I was four days old. And so, um, you know, I didn't have to have the great life that I did growing up, but I did. I had one of the most dope childhoods anybody could have. And I learned a lot from my parents who um, taught me really all the kindnesses and all the like manners and things and how to treat people. And I want that to be the legacy of what I create. And so just in the future, I would love to have just this network of people that I've somehow helped to believe in themselves to where they're empowered and they're out there doing things that make themselves happy. And I want that kind of collective to be, you know, remembered of who I learned that from. If they learned it from me, remember, I didn't create it. You know, it was taught to me. I taught them. So carbonation is an all-encompassing kind of uh, hope that like I'll have this community uh, of people that are out there doing the same thing that I've done. And so, um, yeah, it's what I put behind everything. And then my logo is, uh, it's just a T and an X. Um, it's a red T and an X and it's just overlapping each other. And I take the E out when I spell it like that, just to remind myself to take my ego out of the work that I create for people because it's not about me. It's, it's never about me. It's about how I can go ahead and help somebody else. And through doing that, I am helped 10 times. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, thank you so much for doing this. And I'm like, listen, as much as this is helping you, it's given me a lot more. You just won't see it, you know, yeah. but I'm given, I am given 10 times the amount of energy that I, I ever put out. And it's, you know, it's because I try to, I just try to do right by people and just let people know that we're all the same. I'm not anybody better than me. They've just spent more time doing something. What's your like your normal schedule? Like, walk me through the process of what do you do on on a daily basis? Like, is uh, it, do you have like a rigid schedule, or is like wild card every day? Uh, I mean, I'm a a barback and bartender at a really busy bar in Miami, and I uh, I've been there probably about the same amount of time that I've been doing my journey. What has been the case last year, mm. I spread myself too thin in trying to do all these different creative projects with people. And I kind of let the team that's had my back um, not dwindle without me. Like I just, I haven't put the focus in at the bar that I work at. So I was doing too many all-nighters, just trying to do all these projects, all these right. photo shoots, video shoots with people. And I was like spreading myself too thin, unhealthy as fuck. And so at 20, at the end of last year, my boss and my friends, they all within the same week had the same kind of conversation with me about like really just kind of uh, managing my time better. So my days nowadays, I get up in the afternoon and go to work anywhere from two o'clock in the afternoon to 11 o'clock at night. And sometimes I'm at work until 7 a.m. because the bar that I work at is open 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. Nowadays, I just work a lot over there. And then I do the, the paid video shoots and photo shoots, which if it's photos, I can go to the event, shoot for an hour or two, and then spend another two hours editing and, and touching up. Whereas video, if I shoot for an hour, I'm looking at like a five to six hour um, editing process, which takes forever because then, you, you know, that, that goes, cuts into your sleep. And that's yeah. the one place where I feel like I take from. It's like, well, I got some extra time for sleep. Nope, not going to use that today for sleep. We're going to do that to, uh, to earn so it's 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 all it's all it's all random, it's all random, but it's just a lot. Uh, has it ever affected you mentally? Have you ever had those mental exhaustions when you're doing when you're overdoing like that? Yes, 
and no. Um, there'll be times where like if I had like yesterday I slept all day. Uh the whole week was so long that I, I had the day and I meant to go out to a couple of events that I was supposed to go to, uh just to show up and I just didn't even make those. It was because there'll be days where I'm just like put my phone off, put it right next to me, and then you won't hear from me for twenty four hours just because I gotta recoup. Right. But I don't know. I'm when I when I do something, I do it intense so if it's sleeping i'll sleep intense if it's working i'll do it intense drinking whatever i go ball, ball to the wall and what do you so that's what you do when you're trying to recharge mentally you know when you get those mental exhaustions you just like recharge completely on that one day and it's like all right i can handle the nets of the week now yeah a lot yeah, of that's what you gotta do man there's there's people need their stuff people need their pictures people need their their videos and so You know, my, unfortunately, a lot of times I can just say that my health will go to the side for a second because I got to get this, got to get this done yeah. in order to make this happen in order to get to that next level. And mm -hmm. maybe I can take a break at that next level, but like shit's got to get done. I'm going to be the one to do it. I agree. What has been your greatest accomplishment up to now? Um, Something personal has probably just been my parents being out here for the first time in eight years last year. That's uh, dope. Out Yeah, dude, it was raw, dude. Basically, I mean, I, I came out here for rehab eight years ago from Oxycontin. Mm. And uh, so like a decade of my life, I was that fuck up in the family. And so for eight years, my parents had always been wondering, you know, like, oh, he's, you know, not getting into trouble like he used to. But he's also I'd gone homeless because I wouldn't ask for help. Like I, as much as, you know, you can ask for help in certain circumstances, you... I had done a lot of things that didn't make sense to them in the chasing of my dream and for them to get to come out after not having really seen me and what I've done for eight years, telling me they were proud of me based on the relationships that I had introduced them to in the city that I'm working in. That was probably one of the biggest accomplishments um, just because you work hard for your parents' approval and that kind of thing. Yeah. They're, they're very, they're both college educated My great great granddad was the first president of Baylor. So everybody in my family, except for me, graduated from Baylor University. Wow. Yeah. And so it was wow. just like you'd be able to put up something to, to equate to that whole uh, sense of accomplishment in a traditional sense. Yeah. Now they see what I'm doing is going to yeah. take me. That's dope to hear, you know, and I and I I I sympathize you, you know, for that, you know, because like it's hard for our parents. To see what we're trying to accomplish, and and not, and unless they can never understand it until we show them our actions, until we yeah. show them our results, and it, yeah. and and that's how every parent is. Every parent wants to make sure that at least that, that you're okay, that that you're not chasing a wild goose chase, uh, and that you're not doing wrong, and that that at least like you're doing something that you're passionate about and that you see that there's like results by it. But obviously every parent will always want that security that makes sure that you're already taken care of. Like they don't want to be every night wondering whether, you know, whether you're going to make it or not, you know, because I, that's, that's the life of every, every, uh, every parent, you know, when they, when they, when they tell their, when their child tells them this, like, Hey, I don't want to be a, on college. I just want to be a music producer. And, Oh my God! You have no idea those those conversations with my parents is just like wow, they're wild. But I had to. But you know, if I if I had to prove, then I did have to graduate from college, even though I 
did not want it. And I did not literally learn much in the educational sense. Like some of the stuff, I just like completely forgot about it. Like, I don't even know how I even pass it. I'll be honest. That was like complete fucking waste of time and, and money. Like I would have, I would have like literally rather used that money for, for the school, for the audio school that I went here in Miami. I would, I would, I would have told them it's like, give me that money for this school. I will, and I will make something out of it. And because I proved that it's like, you know what? You know how hungry I am that I want this so badly that I, I'm going to prove you guys wrong that I'm not going to learn anything. And yet I'm going to graduate from here. I graduated. I have something. I could give free flying thoughts about it. I'm now I want to go to audio school. Let me show you about audio school. I did it. And look where I am right now. I'm a senior audiovisual technician at uh, the University of Miami. You know, make a make a good living. I've worked for Life Sound. Worked for the Clevelander for many years. I've did Ultra. I did Life in Color. I did plenty of festivals. I tour around Florida. I I make music. Put uh, I I make music for these labels. Labels release my music. You know. Like I'd show them, like, look at my process. Look at everything I've done up to now, you know, all because I went to this, the school that I wanted, all because I want to choose, decide to do this because they did not believe that I was going to make it. They did not believe. And that was, that was heartbreaking to hear that because they feel like this is something that, you know, it's a once, a, it's a one in a hundred chance that someone will make it. They did not believe that I was going to be making it. And they were, until until I showed them, until I showed them my results and just say, like, see, I'm not moving back to PR. Like, this is my my home. Like, Miami is my home and that's where I am. You know, I mean, my career is my career started here. And I, that's something that I told them very clearly when I say, like, when I'm moving to Miami, my career is going to start from there. And it did. Yep. Like, same thing. Exactly. The same thing. I wanted to make a name where my name meant nothing yet. Yeah, and in my home in Waco, my name meant too much, so I came out here, and I'm like, let me just go ahead and earn it myself. Yeah, I'm my my way, without yeah. without anyone's help. I just like I decided to do this my way. Uh, yeah. Frank Sinatra. Yeah, he he said it right, man. And that's the thing is that once we do it our way, nobody can take that from us. Exactly. That's the best part about it to me is that I've done these things and I've earned it. And I am, it, it really does add a little bit of confidence to who you are because there's a great saying that I once heard is that who are you without the invention of anybody else? And, uh, you know, something I think about a lot is like without all this stuff around, who am I? And yeah. I do know that it's a helpful person. And it's finally nice to see the results from doing that and be able to show them the people that have been the most concerned yeah. and then be like, you know what? You you had it right. We're gonna let you do you. But I'm glad that you know our parents are now finally seeing like holy shit, like yeah, they're doing it. You're doing it. You know, it's like, see, you just have to put a little faith in us, you know, and it's gonna work out. Yeah, yeah, it's that's yeah. Thank God they were always there. Still, thank yeah. God they're there to support, even despite the way they might have originally felt. Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. Um, so right now, what are you currently doing and what do you hope to accomplish by it? Uh, right now I'm focusing on the bar. I'm focusing on, uh, working on content for better days and, uh, really just kind of leveling us up in the home bar and mm -hmm. just making sure that, um, we are a lasting staple in the city. We, the bar that I work at originally started as a pop-up 
I was only supposed to be there 30 days and we're seven years later now. And uh, there is so much of a story to the bar uh, that I want to show the world in the right way. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, we actually just got pitched uh, a couple weeks ago to be on a reality show. No uh, way. Yeah, dude. I don't know if you've heard of Vanderpump, but uh, their no, producers, I it's some, I don't know, some sort of reality show that's been around for like eight seasons or something. Where? In they, TLC or MTV? Or? Uh, maybe MTV. It's Vanderpump Rules. Maybe Bravo. Actually, now that I think about it. Bravo. Or E. Yeah. One of those two. The little chick channels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we, they, they, they're producers from LA that came by and they were just like, we're just kind of scouting the area. And uh, somebody had told them about us or something, or maybe they had come by and had a drink. I'm not sure. But the fact is that the bar is causing enough of a uh, buzz mm. that uh, people are interested in you know shooting there. And so these feelings that I've had for a long time that this place is very monumental in the city. Mm. And uh, per square foot, we actually make some of the most money in the city because uh, we're a small bar, but we do tremendous numbers and with a small team. And it's because we're an industry bar. So we cater to the people in hospitality. My goal is to go ahead and make sure that the way that we're remembered is in the best light for all the great things that we did for the city. So this year is about focusing on them and about what we're doing. Uh, however, that gets... Um, portrayed in the future it's just I, i'd like to be the one helping to tell that story mm, that's actually pretty dope that's pretty dope. i can't wait for what's to come man it's gonna be a big and big and bright year i tell you what a lot of merch ideas that we're putting out to play yes sir yes sir let me know so i can purchase some of those man absolutely would like to support you guys appreciate it brother of course man one last question and we can wrap this up man Let's just say that you're walking down the street and then all of a sudden a UFO comes out of nowhere and pops out and and they come to you and says like, yo, Tets, we need your help. And he's like, and you're like, oh, okay. He's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, but just we need your help right now and you have to come with us right now in our ship. But just so you know, you're going to be out for quite some time. You don't know when you're coming back. So here's a piece of paper write free pieces of advice that you give to someone. What are those free pieces of advice? Three. Wow. That's, this is, wow. This is a good question. I like this. Um, first piece of advice is something I wrote a few years ago. It's just be the person now that you can brag to your kids about later. Mm. Um, that's mm. something very like live in the now, just be the person now that you can brag to your kids about later. Whether or not you have kids doesn't matter. Second thing would be about, um, learn, learn to trust your intuition mm -hmm. over everything, your intuition, learn, learn, learn to just to connect with yourself and to follow your intuition. And uh, third thing is just do everything with love, do every single thing with love. That's pretty dope. I like, I like those free pieces of advice, man. I do. It's a question that I give to somebody at the end of the show. And it's surprising that everybody has a different answer. And I like that. There is no wrong answers. It's just I like the answers that I always hear it because it, it, there are times and there's answers that are like who are like with others answers. And it's like, though, at least we all at least we know that we're all in the same page with this, man. We're just trying to be 
building a better future for not just ourselves, but for our future selves in the future, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, for me, it's about the legacy. And I think a legacy is like carved out. I don't think it's a forced anything. I think it's a, a legacy of a lifetime of small random acts of kindness that we do for yeah. each other. And it's not just one grandiose gesture. It's just about a lifetime of just random acts of kindness. Dope, brother. Thank you very much for coming over to the show, man. We had a nice conversation, you and me, man. We basically talked literally about everything. <laughs> we did. We did. We covered the spectrum today, boy. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, you're a friend of the show, man. So if you anytime you want to come back and get to the show and talk about more other shit, man, hey, I, I'm more than happy for you to come over. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. This was fun, dude. This was this is this is uh this is an achievement in my book. This is uh, this is something I'll always, always cherish and remember. I really appreciate you for even having me on, dude. This it means a lot. Uh, I'm happy to hear that, man. Thank you. Um, before we leave, plug yourself out. Let the people know where they can follow you or they can find you and what they can expect for for you in the future. For sure, man. For sure, I have a lot of my like long form kind of discussion, just my my talking on on YouTube at Carbon Nation, K A R B A N N A T I O N. And then Instagram on Carbonation. Um, the bar that I work at is at Better Days 305. So you can see a lot of my content there. But um, on my Instagram, I just try to provide a lot of like value, essentially. It's a lot of story posts. And then uh, on the feed, you'll just see a lot of people that have really um, transformed my life just by the way that they act in theirs. And so uh, I never try to put useless stuff out there. You'll always be able yeah. to find some value or something on my IG. That's dope, man. That's dope. Well, thank you so much, um, Ted, for coming over to the show, man. Um, thank you guys for listening. And remember, every week is a brand new episode. We're a brand new topic. So always remember to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at youtube.com slash the lone wolf podcast as well. You can follow it on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And guys, comment down below and let me hear your thoughts. Share your experiences, guys. If you guys got a specific topic that you want me and Ted to cover, please let us know in the comments down below. And we'll do our best to talk about it on the next episode. So thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.